Alright everybody, welcome to Matt Marks, episode 4. My name is Dog by Harris, I'm here with my co-host, Mr. Tim Cutter. How you doing, how you Tim? Doing? Not too shabby, how you doing, bud? Oh, not too bad. What's on the agenda? Uh, just start a rundown of the, the week of festivities, I guess. Um, Alright. Start... Yeah, nothing, nothing too too terribly crazy, you know, out of the, uh, out of the normal. No, AEW went back to live TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and WWE also went back to live TV after, I think, uh, no, I, I take that back. This is week three of them going back to live TV. Um, yeah, as you said, I thought they were back last week. Yeah, but... I, I forgot about that. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much, uh, the, the, the gist of it. No, nothing new with, uh, with, with releases or, or any more of that nonsense. I know you and I, as, uh, shareholders from the WWE selling off a bunch of their stock, you know, and we were speculating possibly with the, uh, the intent of buying Vince out or, you know, maybe, maybe it's just cause they, they know something that obviously we don't cause they got the inside track. Yeah. And it's not necessarily abnormal for people to sell off a little bit of stock here and there, you know, I mean, that's quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, it was but, $36 million that was sold off. <laughs> yeah. But when you got millions, I guess, I mean, maybe they're buying a house or something too. Yeah. You know, it's or, very, very true. Which I guess, I mean, I don't know. That's a fucking huge house now that I think about it. Cause even, I mean, even huge mansions don't usually run too much more than a few million, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like Kevin Kevin Dunn sold off ten million dollars worth of his shares, which Yeah. You know, and also him 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 and another another person I can't think of was both both sold off ten million dollars of their shares. They were the big the big money guys in that whole thing. Okay, well, and I was also explained to this excuse me, I just belched right in everybody's ear. <laughs> Um, I just did that live feed, so I'm like thirsty as hell. Right. Um, so um, I was reading up on it a bit after you sent me that link because uh-huh. um, I don't know. I've had a weird feeling something's gonna happen for like about a year now, right? And we kind of talked about Vince not looking good last week too, right? So right. I started looking into it. So there's two types types of stock in WWE and I think it's probably in most companies and the kind of stock that Stephanie and Triple H sold off was um, stock that anybody can buy. Okay. The majority of the stock that um, is out there that's not accessible is all Vince's. So it's basically set up that way. So that if they have a shareholders meeting and say like somebody, you know, shareholders are supposed to have a say in what happens with the business. Right. Well, Vince McMahon's share can pretty much override all that shit. Yeah, because he's the majority shareholder or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Nobody has access to buying that. So maybe, I mean, maybe Triple H sold off some of his regular peon stocks to buy Vinny's stocks, you know? Got it, got it. So there's a lot of options it could be, really, you know? And Stephanie sold off some of hers, too, so. Right. Um, which, I mean, but a lot of people are fucking selling off, so. Could mean, 
I mean, you, you were the one that said it too. I mean, there's been talks that I kind of missed that, that they might be selling out to Fox and they might be selling out to, I mean, fuck Disney was a thing once. Um, who's the other one they were talking about selling? Well, they, they mentioned uh, Disney ESPN Fox, but it's like ESPN Disney, that's Disney, Disney owns ESPN. So it's basically the same damn company. But then I, then I read something uh, this morning actually that said those rumors are kind of, you know, they're just rumors at that point And they're, they're not they're not likely to come to fruition, but that could be you know somebody somebody working us just like the wrestling business. Everything mm. everything could be a work. Well, and it could be too. Um, I highly doubt it's ESPN or and and Disney because they were trying to work something out and that went pretty sour pretty quick because the money wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Disney didn't want to offer the right kind of money for to Vince. Um, and I think they wanted them to be even more PG than they are. Right. I can't remember exactly how that worked, but I think that business went pretty sour pretty quick. And um, that's when, um, oh, I remember what it was. ESP, uh, WWE was talking with them about, or to, with ESPN about airing pay-per-views. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember reading that. Yeah, taking them off the network, but they didn't want to pay enough to the company to do pay-per-views and that was it snade like really quick so um but they are pretty chummy with fox right now fox right. wants a bet right so um fox gave him a billion bucks for smackdown i mean what do you think they'd give him for fucking for the whole kit and caboodle yeah right yeah shit probably enough to make vince mcmahon happy and say fuck it but the, the only thing i see not happening there is i don't fucking see I don't see Vince McMahon giving that up to anybody but Triple H and Stephanie. Unless yeah. unless Triple H and Stephanie are like, fuck it, we don't want it. You know, we'll take our money and start a new company or something, you know, which I can't see them doing that either. No, yeah. I mean, unless, I mean, I know NXT is his baby. I mean, that would be the only thing is like, let me keep NXT, sell off the other stuff, but this is mine. This is untouchable, yada, yada, yada. At that point in time, I would probably completely fucking stop watching smackdown and fucking raw yeah right i might keep an eye on it just to see what they do to it but i bet it would get insanely ridiculous oh yeah there'd be even more bullshit writers involved and there'd be even more people that don't know a fucking thing about wrestling involved but i would fucking be excited as fuck to see what happened in nxt and i would hope triple h would gut both of those companies and then just have a badass nxt maybe do t shows you know and yeah yeah but I mean, it, who knows, man? But I have had a feeling just, Vince can't be like, I don't understand why he still wants to do it. He's just a workaholic. He's like yeah. fucking pushing 80, man. Like yeah, take, 73, 74 or something like that. Take the last fucking 10, 20 years of your life tops and enjoy. It. I mean, maybe, yeah, enjoy it. Maybe 30, I guess, because he's in pretty good health, but he's also done some stupid shit too, you know? Right. <laughs> I'm sure he's done a little blow and shit or, you know, fucking steroids, stuff like that. But oh, yeah, I mean, he eats any exercises regularly, but And he's that that weird sleep schedule where he sleeps three hours a day and eats mm-hmm. a shit eats a shit ton of red meat. So I mean, maybe he doesn't have the yeah. most healthiest diet on the planet. <laughs> no, I think he does. I think the whole red meat thing because he eats a lot of chicken too. Right. Um eats eats you know he eats pretty well a lot of vegetables a lot of stuff like that um i do think he eats a little bit of red meat but he fucking works it off though you know right um so i mean it's hard telling i think honestly i think the stress from like you know lack of rest 
which Cornette said he does sleep okay, but but on a, on the other hand, Chris Jericho said he hardly sleeps at all. So yeah, it's like, right, right. I bet it was both. You know, really, I bet there are days where he hardly sleeps, and I bet there's days where he sleeps pretty well. I mean, that's pretty average for somebody that runs as hard as he does. I mean, I bet. Well, it's probably a little easier on him now that he's not fucking doing SmackDown and Raw right next to each other. You know, yeah, because yeah. I on those days where, you, especially the days where you have a pay per view, you know, and there's always shit going on on the weekends for him right. promo shit stuff like that. So I mean, I bet like fucking from Friday. Well, I guess I bet still from Friday to Monday he doesn't get shit for sleep. He probably doesn't sleep till like Tuesday morning. Like, who, who knows? You know, who knows what their actual sleep schedule and stuff like that is currently with uh, with things things being slowed down because of because of the pandemic. Maybe well, he is, maybe he's getting more sleep. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah, I imagine it's probably much easier right. for him right now because there's literally probably zero PR, at least as far as um, you know personal appearances go. They right. might be shooting some commercials or something like that, but. You know, but anywho, let's let's roll on. We'll keep an eye on that throughout the week, so and see see what happens. I know they sold off some some people sold off a bunch of stock a while ago, on and everybody freaked out. Mm-hmm. I think Triple H sold some stock off, so um, maybe it's just smart. Maybe it's just a smart thing to do to sell it off when it gets a little high. Sometimes, you yeah, know, right? Because I mean, the stock market is a fucking gamble, and if it fucking crashes, you lose that fucking money. You know, yeah, right, right. But now that's sitting in a bank account someplace where you know it's not being fucking fucked with so maybe it's just a smart thing to do to kind of pull some stock out every once in a while and just emergency fund or whatever and it's at an all-time high right now so maybe that's why everybody was like fuck maybe it's not going to get any higher than this maybe they know something maybe they know it's about to drop too yeah right because of something you know maybe they're pulling it because of the coronavirus you know they're for some reason, even through the coronavirus, with all the problems they've had, uh, WWE stock is super high right now. From what I was reading, yeah, which, so, is, which is wild. <laughs> yeah, which I yeah, because Vince McMahon's fucking final bankruptcy on his other fucking company that he took stock out to buy, right, you know, and right. So I can't. I don't know why it's. I think it's got to be just a Fox deal that's keeping it afloat. Maybe merch sales. Um, cause yeah. And then they took, what'd you say that fucking bath they took on WrestleMania was? Oh yeah. It was like, fuck. What did, what did we say? It was 22 million. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I actually, I actually thought you said 32 million. It might've been, it, but, it, it was, yeah, but it was a high, it was a high flipping number. That's for danger. Maybe Triple H took that fucking stock out to pay for WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know. So, but what do you want to talk about first? Let's do some, let's review some stuff. I, uh, I'll be honest with you. I fucking watched the highlights from SmackDown and Raw this week. It absolutely seemed completely pointless. I would, I think I'd spend a little more time giving a shit if they weren't so fucking long. You yeah. know? Yeah. No, it's totally not very long, but fuck, it feels like it's three hours sitting through it for some reason. <laughs> to me, SmackDown feels just as long as Raw. It really, no it really does. It really does. Um, and the only thing I give a shit on SmackDown right now about that I've seen so far is, um, you know, is the Otis and Ziggler thing, which is quickly becoming boring. Um, and then, uh, you know, Braun Strowman and Bray, which we've beat that like a fucking dead horse. So, um, yeah, there, there's a couple other things that are like the Forgotten Sons, just them being, them being, on the yeah, that's cool. Intriguing. And then just the, the curiosity of who the, who this hacker is. 
you know, the rumor mm-hmm. of, of whoever this hacker is. And I, I read a, read a new little thing this morning saying that the hack, hacker might actually be two guys and they're be coming back from, from time off TV to be a new, new tag team or, or something to that effect. Okay. Being a uh, Chad Gable and uh, Mustafa Ali. And they're both, huh. they're both the hackers. I mean, cause people done, done a bunch of weird shit, like slowing down the speed of the video so they can hear the voices better. Like, you know, all the, all the, the, the nerdy marks out there that are trying to do yeah, all that yeah, to, yeah. To, to figure out who it is so they can they can be the first one to let the dirt sheets know uh-huh yeah so. the uh that would be a good tag team i think if they wouldn't actually just completely fucking shit on him you know because chad gable's super fucking talented man oh yeah i mean he was an olympic olympic wrestler i mean he's a he's a phenomenal mm-hmm. athlete and Mustafa yeah. is no slouch himself no, no. I mean, it, I, I fucking hated what they did with Chad Gable when they cut all his hair off and fucking. G. <laughs> yeah, I was so fucking stupid. Like right after they gave him a good push and he was getting some good fucking momentum, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, he, I, in, in my eyes, he kind of dropped off as soon as you know, as soon as he left, uh, left tagging with Bobby Roode. You know, he kind of yeah. just kind of like became null and void in my eyes. Was Bobby Roode on that fucking list of cuts? No, he was not, but he's been very quiet. I don't know if he's been MIA because of because of the pandemic or or what have you. But no, he's he, we haven't we haven't seen anything from him. I fucking love Bobby Roode, man. I hope they cut his ass. To be honest. Oh hey, hold on. There's a. I just got some wrestling news. Spoiler oh, yeah. alert. <laughs> hold on. Give me just a second to read it. Maybe it's something interesting. Got it. Well, I'll go over go over uh, SmackDown real quick. Like so, we started the show off mm-hmm. with a Daniel Bryan promo. Then Daniel Bryan or uh, King Corbin came out. Then they had a match that ended up in an ODQ or ended up as a DQ because Corbin threw a ladder at Daniel Bryan. Then after the match, Cesaro and uh, Shinsuke came out and attacked him, and uh, Gulak made the save. Um, after that, we had Braun cut a promo on Bray. It wasn't a super entertaining promo. It was just kind of the same old you know recycled stuff that we've been seeing. And Sheamus Sheamus took on a jobber. Then we had a Jeff Hardy vignette. Carmella beat Mandy. Forgotten Sons beat New Day, which is which is a nice nice victory to see. Then uh, we had Tamina cut a promo. Then she got attacked by Bailey and Sasha. Lacey came out to make a save to set up a tag match for next uh, Friday's or tomorrow's going home show before uh, Money in the Bank this weekend. We had Dolph and Sonya cut a little promo, a backstage promo, and then we ended the show with Otis beating Dolph to become the. Uh, final guy in the money in the bank qualifier or i guess aside from from whoever's going to take uh uh apollo cruz's place over there on the raw side mm, okay so, now that was smackdown okay so the thing i just read actually involved apollo cruz which is kind of i don't know the plan is to have apollo cruz turn stable. heel and join yeah, the yeah stable. Enjoy. i was i was already already had that in my my raw notes <laughs> oh did you yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's a Meltzer report there. Okay. He's that's that's what he's saying is going to happen. So yeah, with, um, with, with Shane Thorne and Brandon Vink, and then still having a, a MVP be the mouthpiece of that stable. Yeah, I mean it might be good. You know, who I mean, knows? I I was kind of like, what the fuck when when we saw MVP coming back for Money in the Bank qualifier? I was like, why why are we we have they have so much young young talent? Why are we bringing back you know old guys? So then after he lost that first match to I think it was to Apollo, if I remember correctly. Or no, it was Alistair Black or Apollo. I can't remember whoever he lost to. And then he came out with the MVP lounge and it was kind of this this talking figure. I was like, okay, I can 
I can get behind him being being a voice. I don't want to see him in the ring. I don't give a shit about him in the ring, but but he's a great talker. Yeah. And if he yeah. lead, if he leads a, a stable or if he just you know does a does a segment every every week or every other week or whatever the case, I'm cool with that too because he's 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 great behind the mic. We'll we'll, we'll leave it at I mean, I'll I'll leave it at that. He's great behind the mic. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I didn't know a lot about him. I think we talked about this last week too, but I I didn't know a lot about him. But I think we both are talking. I was like, I actually really enjoy this uh, the show he's doing. So. Hopefully, I mean, I, I could give a shit less about him in the ring. I don't think he's necessarily bad. He's just not really entertaining to watch. And like you said, you know, I feel like there's a lot better talent to be focusing on, you know. And um, but I think MVP, as like you said, as the mouthpiece or or as doing a show or something like that, could really contribute something to, especially all three of those guys. Apollo Cruz could really benefit from a guy like MVP being his mouthpiece. I think, and just. And even if they just get some time on the road together to maybe have MVP just give him some tips on how to talk himself, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Obviously, WWE's got a little bit of faith in in Apollo Crews after they just made those big fucking um, changes, you know. I mean, I would think he'd be pretty high on the list of somebody to cut, you know. Yeah, I mean, he's – yeah, he's – I wouldn't say he's injury prone, but they just haven't found a, a place to put him, and he's been out of, in and out of action a couple different times, and – yeah, he he is somebody mm-hmm. that I expected to get released. That I was very surprised when he did not get released. He's, yeah, he's, you know he's got a great great look, super athletic. He just just isn't that that great on the mic. But if you got MVP as that mouthpiece, then that could be a great fit for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that'd be pretty good, man. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty much the SmackDown, right? And I mean, I was gonna say I keep feeling like this—that's the SmackDown take home for Money in the Bank, but it's not. That's tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow night, yeah. So uh, we can we can roll into BTE. There was it was a real goofy goofy episode. Started off with the kickout challenge again. Uh, Broken Matt Hardy explained <laughs> uh, how false finishes work. So the attempt was to have Brandon Cutler kick out of. Uh, a bunch of false finishes, but he ended up getting pinned like six or seven times. And, you know, just a kind of goofy spot to, to keep him, uh, keep him relevant on the show. Then uh, the Jacksons and then their younger brother played a game of, uh, of horse because they got nothing better to do. They're, they're quarantined in California, but they, they played, I didn't know they, they played BTE horse. Yeah. He, he's definitely uh, the, the, uh, the ugly duckling or the black sheep of the family. Super, uh. super unathletic looking guy. Um, name his name name is Malachi, but uh, yeah, he he definitely doesn't look like he has a future in pro wrestling. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> he should be doing a podcast with us. <laughs> <laughs> um, then uh, they had the quarantine confessions where Tony Schiavone basically said he's addicted to playing his PlayStation Four right now, and he was going over all these <laughs> all these games that he's playing. He's like, just got done, and I finished Red Dead Redemption Two, and I played this, and I've been playing this, and playing this. Played a lot of Madden, and yeah, it was, it was a pretty, pretty funny little segment between him and Cody. I'm starting to absolutely love Shivani more oh, and more Shivani by the week. Is, yeah, like I was a big fan of him in his WCW days, and when he uh, kind of disappeared and you know did some onesie twosie spots on some of the lower tier stuff, you know, I, I didn't really see it, but now that he's back on a, on major TV, oh man, it's it's great. I love love listening to him, you know, just mm-hmm. do his thing. And him and him and Chris Jericho, you know, the last couple of weeks on uh, on Dynamite have been so entertaining together so yeah so they had a lot, a lot of chemistry right um then we'll keep continuing on the bte then they kept going with this uh luchasaurus gimmick where he's lost his tail and he doesn't know how doesn't know what to do because <laughs> he can't find his tail 
I and keep he, forgetting about that. That's so fucking hilarious. Yeah, then he hooked up with his uh, his uh, PWG former partner, Super Panda, and uh, they went to go look for his tail together. It was pretty a uh, pretty funny little thing. Uh, then we had private party talking about this mystery mystery message, mystery dude that keeps popping up. That's that's trying to come after him. I don't really get this the gimmick or the the segment because I don't know much about private party because they're East Coast guys and. You know, before AEW, I've only only seen like two matches of theirs to begin with, so I don't really know if there's any backstory behind this. So I got to do a little bit more research myself. And then we ended BTE with Hangman Page making sourdough bread, because again, uh, Hang, Hangman's quarantined in Virginia or, or wherever he currently is residing, and and uh, you know, keeping away because of the pandemic, and he hasn't been on hadn't been on BTE for a couple of weeks, so he was making sourdough yeah. bread fucking show up last week i bet he shows up this week i have a feeling he'll show up this week i was i was hoping he was going to be there at the at the end of that that street fight this week mm-hmm. yeah we'll save it because i we got a lot to talk about yeah, on that. Right. <laughs> okay so i'm we'll, sure that's gonna be most of our most of our show I right think. right so we'll, we'll get into raw then so we start off with the vip lounge with mvp like we were talking about with shana naya oscar talking and then they announced that becky lynch would make her return next next monday uh to talk to whoever the winner of the money in the bank uh uh, uh wins that match on sun this upcoming sunday then we had the last uh, the last chance gauntlet we had bobby lashley beat titus then we had bobby lashley beat uh tozawa bobby lashley beat shelton benjamin and then humberto uh carrillo defeated uh defeated bobby lashley via a dq because he kept pounding on him when the ref told him to stop or something like that then Humberto beat Angel Garza. Then Humberto beat Austin Theory from from uh, Zelina's, you know, those two guys from Zelina's faction or uh, stable. And then AJ mm-hmm. AJ made his return from the Boneyard, and he beat it. He beat Humberto to become the replacement for Apollo Cruz and be the sixth <laughs> guy for the uh, the uh, Money in the Bank ch- match on Sunday. Yeah, we Babe Ruth that shit last yeah, week, huh? Exactly. <laughs> I think he's gonna be. I think he's my pick for the winner of the Money in the Bank. Yeah, it's it's between him, um, him, and and Al, I don't know why I keep wanting Alistair to to win it, but those are. But I think AJ is gonna be the guy to win it. But I, I'm yeah. Alistair, my long shot. So here's my thought process on it: is I think I honestly, I think if they don't give it to AJ, they'll give it to Corbin. Um. Yeah. For whatever reason, they are still sucking Baron Corbin's dick. Yeah, and um, he's just getting more and more in bed with with Vince. So, um, but and I wouldn't mind seeing Alistair Black win it, but I think and uh, and also it's not out of the question to see Alistair win it. But I think my thought process on it is is like the the Money in the Bank the last couple of years has been pretty fucking boring. Um, and I'm not so much talking about the match, you know, the, you know, you hated the Brock Lesnar swerve and I kind of did too, but I, I kind of liked the fact that it was a swerve, right. You know, and, and I didn't really see it coming. I was pissed, but at the same time, you're supposed to be pissed off in wrestling sometimes, yeah, you know, it's yeah. part, of the, part of the process, you know? So, um, I, I, I did like the fact that I felt a lot about that match that, that I would have felt about something like that happening when I was like in junior high and early high school days watching it, you know? Right. So like I was legitimately mad that that was the, that they put Brock in there, you know, and then he did the, the boom box thing was kind of funny, but you know, at the end of the day, he just went and challenged fucking Kofi, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 
So, I mean, they're, they need somebody. The last couple people that have had it have been like uh, – Braun was the one before that, wasn't it? Yeah, he was the one before that. So, yeah, they were just like, here's – you know, they're not going to have Braun be sneaky about it because that's, you know, not his style. He's fucking supposed to be an upfront bruiser. So it's been a while since we've had like a Seth Rollins kind of fucking dude having it, you know, that, right. that's uh, – Somebody's going to be sly gonna... and, and use the money in the bank the way it, it's quote unquote intended to, to, to kind of get that, that heel heat over. Yeah. And, and, and that's go, why go, kinda... after, go after the guy's been, been beat up and is down. Yeah. And that's kind of why I think they'll probably use um, either AJ or Corbin. Right. Because both... AJ's going to be that guy too. And uh, um, I think, I do think they'll give it to AJ. I think they fucking should, you know? Right. Um and uh yeah they'll probably have him fuck with uh drew mcintyre you know probably be the guy he fucks with i think probably keep it away from bray or braun or whoever has well i mean unless they decide to let braun keep it then maybe aj will fuck with braun and try to go back to smackdown he did way better over at smackdown you know yeah right and maybe maybe fox wants wants another another big time player over there Mm -hmm. yeah and and he was drawn good you know right um he was a good drawing champion. He did really good with the belt. So, con- so continuing on after that, uh, after the match, AJ cut a promo about how he's back and he's going to win the Money in the Bank, yada, yada. Then uh, we cut to Rollins doing a, a backstage interview with, with uh, Charlie Caruso, just talking about how he's going to – he's the, the Messiah and he's going to take back over Raw and win the title from, from McIntyre. Then uh, our next match that came up was the Brennan Vink and uh, Shane Thorne beat the two-flag crew of Cedric Alexander and Ricochet. Uh, then the Viking Raiders beat Street Profits in a non-title match. Uh, then we had more Money in the Bank promos. Uh, Charlotte had a promo. She was she was cutting and then uh, got interrupted by Liv Morgan. They had an impromptu match that uh, Charlotte ended up beating Liv. Then uh, our, our main event for the night was Drew McIntyre beating Buddy Murphy. And then the the rumor I was going to talk about was the Paula Cruz thing, which we already covered, and that was mm-hmm. that was raw. Okay, cool. All right, so hey, I'm going to hang up and call you back. I'm having some issues, so it's it's probably been long enough. Uh, and then we'll come back in. What's after when we come back? Uh, AEW Dark. Okay, I'll be. I'll give you another link. Okay. All right. All right, man, let's roll into AEW Dark. I know you wanted me to watch this one, but I didn't get a chance to, to be honest. So <laughs> you have to tell me what the thing about Brody Lee was that yeah, you yeah, yeah. liked so much. I just thought, I thought it was pretty entertaining. So the or the uh, AEW Dark started off with their newest signing of 10, who is uh, we those those of us that do, do a little bit of research, we know it's uh, a independent wrestler by the name of Preston Vance, uh, wrestled some jobber uh, that basically – Every single time, the, the you know, uh, uh, ten would would get offense in. He would look at look at Mr. Brody, who was standing outside the ring, and, and look for his approval. And then, you know, he'd get like six, seven, eight, you know, good moves in. And the jobber would get one move in, and Brody would would be losing his shit. And he would he was swinging <laughs> a chair off the off the the, the ring post, and um, he only the, the the jobber only got two moves in, so he only he only got pissed at, at ten a couple different times, but uh. Oh man, the the spine buster, which which is what Ten is using as his his finishes, is very Arn esque. You know, like it's a nasty, nasty looking spine buster. Like I know that's not a you know n- nobody's finish nowadays in 2020, but it was 
there's some power behind this kid, you know, six, six, three, mm-hmm. 245 pounder. You know, oh, he's got, wow. He's got, yeah. He's a, he's a, he's a big, you know, and he's, and he's so kind of too. He's like, like kind of what now? Built like Arn is too. Yeah. Right? Very, very much built like Arn. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so that was, a, you know, that was fairly, fairly entertaining just interaction between, between 10 and, and Mr. Brody Lee. Um, then after that, we had Sammy, Sammy took on a jobber. That was pretty much a squash that, that Sammy did his thing fairly quickly. And that was, that was that. And then we ended, uh, we ended dark with Kip Sabian beating Colt Cabana via a low blow schoolboy with, uh, Penelope Ford, uh, distracting the referee and, uh, getting the, getting the W. Okay. So like I said, it was, you know, it was a pretty, pretty decent back and forth match. Colt, Colt Cabana is so such a, a showman that just any of his matches he's in, yeah, there, there's a lot of goofy shit that goes on. But but he, you, you, when you see him wrestle, you you know he's having fun, and that's yeah. why I like I enjoy watching Colt Cabana so much because yeah, he's not going to pull off the most sexiest moves on the planet, but you're going to see a dude that looks like he's enjoying being out there for his you know five to five to twelve minutes or whatever that he you know mm-hmm. match time that they give him. It's really good on on a. Uh commentary too. Oh, yeah. so when, I think he was, he... when he was running commentary with with ring of honor there for for a good you know 18 months or so yeah he's he's very good there yeah i think he's got a future in that when it's done too because yeah his he's kind of past his prime though you know oh, yeah. you I can mean, tell he's, he's, he's feeling he's, it yeah he's i want to say he's he's you know in his in his late late 30s you know getting closer right. to 40 and you know he's, he doesn't have the doesn't have the, the greatest build on the planet doesn't have the sexiest move set on the planet but He's just a very entertaining dude to see in the ring. Yeah, yeah, he's he's good. All um, right. So, moving on, we had Impact. Um, our yeah. post rebellion Impact. You know what? I actually fucking really am digging Impact. I'm glad that you got me into uh, watching it because because you kind of you were kind of like whatever, just go fucking watch it and. <laughs> uh, it's not that good, but I was kind of like digging some of the shit, you know. I mean, I mean, it was it was it was entertaining, but it was it was after watching the main event, and the main event was I thought was so good for that that triple threat for the uh, X Division title that it kind of it kind of overshadowed the rest of the night, and I was like, yeah. like oh man, just even if you just fast forward through everything, just watch the main event because the main event was was fucking badass. <laughs> Well, you know what? And I didn't even get a chance to. Right? I <laughs> You're telling me. <laughs> I, I was going to go back and watch it, but I just haven't had the time. You know, I ended up getting the shits from Bucknum's food. So I like, right. <laughs> I watched every bit of it and I was like, wow, this isn't bad. You know, I mean, I actually thought it was kind of a rocky start. Like I, Callahan was not very good on the mic. I didn't think. No, it it, it didn't feel very, very no, cool. The interaction. Very- and then Ken Shamrock is never good on the mic, so um, he didn't save anything. But then, I mean, El, uh, Mike Elgin came out; he pretty much saved that whole shitty segment, right? And and he is, and he hasn't, in my my opinion, hasn't been a very good talker, you know, in, in previous yeah. weeks. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but he did really good. I thought, um, you know, fucking a, they really need to change his fucking ring gear, though. He looks fucking ridiculous in that shit, right? <laughs> there's a bunch of that so that's one thing i did note is that their fucking ring attire for a lot of these guys on impact are fucking stupid right you know and um but yeah and then what we rolled into the willie mac thing right 
uh, yeah, he cut the promo on on Chris Bay. Uh, Chris Bay you uh, know, said he was the number one contender. And then then our first first match was a uh, Triple XL with AC Romero and Larry D taking on uh, Jake yeah. Christ and Madman Fulton from OBE. I was so last week I kind of shit on Willie Mack as a talker. Uh-huh. And I made this note that I was like, I kind of like it now because I think that's just how he talks in real life. Right, right. He definitely doesn't really have that talks, that wrestler like, talk, yeah. <laughs> well, and I've known a few people that, you know, um, like him <laughs> that do tend to talk like that, just like in in real life, you know. So right. even though the promo might be kind of shitty, it's very real, I think, you know. Um because it's just, I think it's just him, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there is, there isn't I, much a gimmick. It's just Willie Mac is Willie Mac. Well, he, he, and I was thinking he reminds me of Derek Lewis from um, UFC, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, oh, guy, that, oh, the guy that talks about, what, what was it? Uh, something about his balls nuts. Being hot. Yeah, his balls being hot. <laughs> balls was hot, is what he said, you know? And that guy, I watched him on Joe Rogan a few weeks after that, and he that's how he talks just all the time, and he's fucking hilarious. So he kind of was like – I was like, I kind of dig Willie Mack, actually. He's pretty good in the ring, too. Yeah, but I mean, for, 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 you know, a dude that doesn't look look super super appealing in his in his ring gear, I mean, he's, he's definitely a very athletic guy. Yeah, and I like those guys. I have a soft spot in my heart for them because, you know, I wouldn't look real reveal, like real good in the ring of fire either. But I like to think that maybe there was a time I could have been good, you know? I, right. <laughs> um, you know, back in the day, Piper had a school in Portland, and so did right. uh, Cur- Colonel uh, Colonel the Bill, I think was his name. Okay. Uh, Beer, Colonel the Beer. And me and Jody had talked about when we were living in Eugene, maybe giving it a try. And to this day, I still fucking regret not fucking just going and giving it a shot. The shot in the yeah. dark. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I wish like life was like a choose your own adventure and you could right. like go back and redo things if you didn't, you know, because that's one moment I would have been like, fuck it. Let's just fucking go do it, man. You know, let's fucking throw a caution in the wind. And go see if we can make it happen. Because around that same time, I believe Daniel Bryan was wrestling in the Pacific Northwest. So there was like a small independent scene that was mm-hmm. pretty, that turned out to kick out a couple good guys too, you know. So, but anyways, that's kind of a side side story. Um, anyways, yeah, OBE versus Triple XL. Yeah, Triple XL got the got the victory over over OBE. Um, yeah, they're doing. Um, go ahead. They're doing the whole who's going to be the leader shtick right now. They need leadership in OVE, and that's why they're going to lose for a minute. But um, somebody's got to take the reins, so either somebody will come in. Maybe, I mean, there's a lot of opportunity. Fuck, maybe Rowan comes in, or maybe there's a lot of guys out right now that could possibly come in and join them, or they could hand the reins over. I'm really impressed with the big guy in that that group, the tall fucking big yeah. dude. That guy's Mad- got star Mad power. Fulton, yeah, which he, he, he was with NXT for – he was part of a, a – Sanity, like the very first incarnation of Sanity. Oh, but then he, I then knew he ended, up, he ended up getting hurt, and that's when they brought brought in Killian Dane to be that to be that other to be that big bruiser. Yeah, that guy was fucking awesome in Sanity. Now that you say that, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I mean, with them being OV Heat, Ohio versus everything, you know what it stands for. I mean, there, I I didn't realize like I was watching this week. There are so many dudes out of the state of Ohio that are in pro wrestling, at least. You know, uh, within these major companies that are just like there's holy a lot. shit <laughs> like gargano's from there you know freaking uh, uh mox is from ambrose there. 
Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, exactly. You know, obviously, all the guys from OVEs from there, uh, Rich Swans from there, and, and there's there's a bunch of other different people. Adolf uh, Dolph is originally from from Ohio. Uh, some Miz is from Ohio too. Yeah, I mean, Miz, that's Miz is from Ohio. Yeah, exactly. So there's, I didn't, you know, I, I I knew a lot of folks were from Ohio, but I didn't realize how many folks were from Ohio. So yeah, uh, anyways, I, I I assume that they're gonna have uh, if they're gonna bring in somebody for new leadership, they're gonna probably take somebody that that has Ohio roots or whatever and uh and bring them in as as a leader or maybe they'll just kind of have them be a bunch of misfits for a little while till they get things mm-hmm. figured out whatever they want to do with them next yeah well they were talking about having one of the smaller guys that kind of is probably better on the mic or kind of a better leader to one of to the, do one of the chris brothers yeah 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 um he doesn't look as good but he might contribute elsewhere you know right so right. i really like ove though they're probably one of my favorite factions that i've seen so far but, yeah I'm, I'm a big fan too and it was very very bummed when when sammy you know turned and one doing his you know his his hacker you know freaking uh uh, singles run that he's doing because it's like oh man he's such a good leader of OB but mm-hmm. oh well they got they, they must have something in the works yeah um, so I got a little note here too that I just want to give a sh- give uh-huh. you know I just gotta say I really like the dude on commentary too um what's the guy's name that does commentary for for uh impact Josh Matthews yeah is he like one of the owners of it or one of the guys no running? no no so he was he was a tough enough guy um okay. And yeah, he was he was a tough enough guy, and it's I love the interaction between him and Madison Rain because they're That's they're, actually, gonna... they're married they're married in real life, and just their interaction oh, really? is oh, is fucking hilarious. Like I every single time when I'm watching with Melanie, I'm like, here come listen to the stuff that they're talking about because this is all this funny shit she's saying, you know, about how she's you know so much better than him, but at the same time, it's like anybody that you know that knows wrestling knows that they're they're married or whatever they or they have yeah. a relationship. They have a. Yeah, they have a really good um, spark on the the commentary table together. You know, Jim Cornette, I'm going to reference him again. He's always talking about how he thinks that a two-person commentary team is better than going like the three or the four. And I'm not sure how to feel about it, but I was kind of trying to pay a little closer attention, a closer attention since there is only two on that commentary team. Uh-huh. And, you know – he might be onto something. It gets a little busy behind that commentary table when there's too many fucking people back there. Well, I mean, you know, if, if you look at all other major sports, there's always two. So I'm, yeah. I'm always like, and, and it's always been associated with one guy's the play by play. The other guy's the color. So like the third guy, that's part of the, the WWE, you know, their deal or part of AEW's like, what does that third guy technically do? Well, and then if you think about WWE, up until probably 98, 99. Um, it was always a two-man. Yep, and I think the only reason they went to three-man is because WCW did, and they did it just to try to make themselves stack Different. the deck against yeah, WWE. Right. Yeah, because then they put Bischoff on there because Bischoff had to be part of the fucking, you know, yeah, roster, right. which, which he was pretty good on commentary too. But, you know, they put Heenan out there because they wanted to rub that in WWE's face and they put Zabisco out there, you know. And uh, But, I mean, some of the best commentaries, I mean, Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan were two of the best commentaries. Uh, um, Ma- you know, Macho Man and Vince were, were yep, phenomenal uh, together. Yeah, I was going to say Vince was with a, a number of different guys. Vince did a great job with Bobby Heenan as well. Right, uh, right. 
Vince did a good job with uh, Jesse Ventura for a minute. Mm-hmm. He did a good job with he did a good job with Gorilla for a while too. There's a lot of people that he worked with, but I mean, and then you go, of course. I mean, the classic is uh, Jr. and King. You know, right before right. the King started falling off, and well, okay, I mean, Jr. kind of has too. But uh, um, to be honest with you, it's been kind of nice not having JR on the commentary. I think, well, fuck, AEW has been running a two-man team, and it's been great. Yeah, except for this week when they ran the three-man. And, and, and you know, I, they're, they're, they seem to be gelling more because it didn't sound as, as clunky as it had in the past. So I don't know if they were, they were doing a bunch of stuff, you know, in, during, during, you know, their downtime or whatever. But, but it sounded actually very fluid between the three of them, and it never mm-hmm. felt like anybody was – was talking over each other and, and it just, it felt very smooth. It, and I was very, very pleased, you know, as much as I was just, I wasn't shitting on three man teams, but I prefer two man teams or uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I prefer two man team over a three man team. But it, like I said, it sounded very, very fluid this week. Yeah. It was a lot better um, than past. Um, but yeah, anyways, we'll keep going. So yeah, we'll keep going. Uh, so we had a, a backstage segment with Jessica Havoc. Um, with Madison Rain, you know, didn't really have anything except for they introduced another another knockout, uh, a gal by the name of Kimber Lee, which I believe she's wrestled on AEW early on, and she also wrestled in I want to say NXT as a as a jobber a couple different times. But anyway, so her her she she interrupted Havoc during their backstage segment, so they got a they got a match set up for next week. Um, then we cut to a Cody Deaner vignette who's been, yeah, who's been, I've been, uh, <laughs> I, so I've, this is my first um, introduction to the Deaners. I, I like the Deaners. I fucking really like this guy. He's great. And then I didn't realize he had a brother until Jake Deaner. Cousin, cousin, yeah. Cousin Jake. Cousin? Cousin yeah, Jake. Cousin I was Jake. like, oh, there's multiple Deaners. This is going to be interesting. <laughs> so, yeah, I think he got me on impact, man. Um, yeah. I think I'm going to be watching it every week now because I Canadian rednecks. Yeah, that was fucking a hilarious little uh, with a trailer. Yeah, Uh yeah, he had me hooked, line and sinker. I'd have pulled off the side of the road and bought some shit from him. (laughs) Get off my property! (laughs) Yeah, that guy was so funny. We got a nice deal worked out. Hey, how are you? Yeah, that was uh, God. I fucking loved it. It was great. So yeah, I'm a Deaner guy now. I'm a yeah, I'm a big fan of the Deaners too. So yeah, so after after the Cody Deaner vignette, we had a we went back to the ring and we had Suicide take on Johnny Swinger. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing super sexy about that. Only thing you know, I was sitting there is I always like to try and figure out who Suicide is because he's been like yeah, nine, different, different, nine different wrestlers have have played him you know over over the years and. Um, you know, it was like, oh, I think it's Caleb Conley because he was the most recent uh, person who was who was portraying him. But then I started to think that uh, there there's some issues between Impact Management and the NWA management because uh, Caleb uh, Caleb Con- Conley is under under contract with uh, with NWA that that they wouldn't let him come over because at that at one point in time when Billy Corgan was gonna buy Impact. Um, they oh, pulled. Yeah. They pulled that out from under, they out from under him. Corgan. So, so hold on. Yeah, they, that. they fucked Billy Corgan hard yeah. on yeah. that fucking Dixie fucking Carter. That fucking snake in the grass. Now, cut. did that happen before she left or as she was leaving? As she was leaving. So okay, she I can remember, I can remember sh- when it was. 
she took a shit ton of money from Billy Corgan, made him these promises. I mean, it's partly Billy Corgan's fault for not getting shit on paper. Right. But she took a shit ton of money from Billy Corgan to help fucking pay the wrestlers she wasn't paying and to help put some money into the goddamn brand. And then um, she fucking promised Billy Corgan that he would get a piece of the stock. So he was like a partial owner of it. So right. since he since he was a partial owner, he sank some of his own money in it to try to keep it going. And then she turned around and sold the fucking company behind his back. So I think Billy Corgan was trying to fucking sue Dixie Carter for a minute. Okay. Like legit real life bullshit. And the one thing I know I'm going to reference him again, but fuck, dude, <laughs> if you want to hear Cornette go off on a fucking rant that's better I mean, that's you want to see him get more pissed than he even gets when he talks about Omega or fucking Young Bucks killing the business and shit like that. You get him on a fucking Dixie Carter rant, <laughs> like borderline pretty damn close to hatred like Vince Russo, because I mean, the shit that he talks about on his podcast, the stupid business decisions that she's made and the fucking kind of fucking shit she's done to the wrestlers and stuff like that is fucking stupid, man. She's oh, yeah. fucked so many people over. Um, but anyway, sorry to train run, you know, try to bulldoze you there. Yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, so my, like I said, my thought was it's, it's Caleb Conley and, and because it's, it's the old, uh, impact management that is involved or not involved. It's a newer impact management that maybe them and Billy Corgan worked out something to let Caleb wrestle as suicide while, uh, the NWA is. Is uh, yeah. MIA because of the pandemic. I doubt that he probably has a good, you know, I mean, I doubt he probably has a fucking, I doubt he cares a lot because they're the people that bought it out from under him too. Right. You know? right. I mean, he probably understands it's just business, but I doubt he's in a hurry to fucking do him any favors or work with them, you know? Well, it could be also, he's looking out for Caleb and Caleb's trying to make a buck too, so. Caleb can wrestle under the mask, and, and he's getting. Well, as I say, it's a different different gimmick, really. You know, so I mean, he's not yeah. wrestling under. I mean, the paycheck's probably in his real name, but at the same time, it's not the same character. As long as it's yeah. not schedule. It's just yeah. Suicide, who's who's created from a that that character was originally created from the TNA video game. Oh really? And then and, and then it got that 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 character was like so over with the you know with the folks that that created the game and this and that they were like fuck, we should take this character and make him a real-life wrestler. And that's how he originally became... You know, wasn't it the, Jeff the Hardy, roster. the first suicide? No, it was uh, it was Frankie Kazarian, and then it was Christopher Daniels, and then Jonathan Gresham from Ring of Honor had been him. TJP had been him for a little while. And then a couple lesser-known guys had been him, been him a couple different times as well. Caleb, Caleb Conley had been, had been him from, from 2015 to 2017. Then the suicide character disappeared, and then he just resurfaced like two weeks ago on Impact, and and that's like I said, that's what made me think it's it's Caleb Conley. Plus, he's got this little mullet thing growing out the back. I could see his hair, <laughs> and I was like, that's the last you know last picture I remember seeing Caleb Conley ha- uh, have as a little bit of a mullet going on. <laughs> so yeah, maybe it is him. I don't even know who he is. I, I I'm pretty stoked. I should go back and watch some of the old NWA. But fuck, dude, my whole week is consumed with wrestling. I barely watch anything else on fucking TV anymore at all. So, um, well, every anytime. week, I was gonna say every week that you and I are doing the podcast, uh, I'm I'm still not caught up all the way to where NWA is current. So I always <laughs> get get to watch at least two or three episodes. 
I don't I don't hear what the hell's going on because you and I are talking, but I have at least two or three episodes playing while we're doing the doing the podcast. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so right now we got Aaron Aaron Stevens cutting a promo uh, with Colt Cabana. <laughs> Aaron Stevens, okay. formerly formerly Damian Sandow. That's right. Yeah, he's doing really good over there. It seems yeah. like I watched a little bit the other day and did see him on there. Um, I really like that old style of show they're doing. Oh, um, that's, that studio show. I really dig that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cornette was talking about that too. I didn't even know. I, I didn't even think about those. You know, I guess they were kind of big for a while. You know. Um, yeah. Um, so it's kind of cool to see them bring it back, and I think it's a really good way for them to bring it back since they don't have a TV deal. You know. Yeah. Right. Um, Just being being a studio studio in yeah, Georgia and them doing it on YouTube. Smart. I don't know how they're paying for it. I mean, maybe sponsorship or something like that. Since there's yeah. not a lot of a lot of money in it, it's probably got to be sponsorship or, um, you know, probably a little bit of Billy Corgan's love for wrestling. I guess you know. Yeah. Right. Right. Because the thing is, so it's kind of a weird deal that Corgan has with the NWA and owning the the trademarks and stuff for it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because he got a lot of the old stuff for it but i'm pretty sure he didn't get a lot of the video stuff yeah because i think wwe owns all that video that old video library yeah he's got the belt and he's got the name and he's got like certain pieces of it but it pretty much was handed to him just completely gutted you know so I, and and a lot of people were wondering if he could even do anything with it at all, except really just own the name. So it's he's done a lot with it from for what he had, you right. know, had to work with. So I've always had a lot of faith in Billy Corgan. Um, he's a fucking uh, re- really knowledgeable when it comes to wrestling, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I always thought that maybe he would be a good guy to own. A, I remember when he first started talking about. Um, doing this and he bought that little company out by chicago i can't remember what it's called Do you remember when that happened yeah was it global force yeah no that was impact that was they turned uh, into oh no, yeah that was jeff jarrett's other company mm. that that was a spinoff from impact yeah i can't remember but they were just doing like monthly shows and he'd bring in a lot of um you know he'd bring in tommy dreamer a lot of fucking old ecw wrestlers shit like that so uh, the house of hardcore thing was it no, but I think it was a little bit like the House of Hardcore thing. Okay. But I was, yeah, I was pretty stoked to see that he was starting one. I remember when that happened. I think Owen was still alive when all that shit was going down because I think okay. that we were talking about it a lot. So we might not have known each other that well, and you might not have been into wrestling at that point in time because Res- I think you got Resistance into pro wrestling. That's, yep, resistance. Yeah, that's resistance. what it was. In 2011 yeah. to 2014, so your your and my relationship started 2014-ish. So yeah, it'd been the tail end of that. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, friendship, not relationship. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, not <laughs> you never know <laughs> what happens in a wrestling podcast stays in a wrestling podcast, right? Or for whatever our, for, our, for our 15 to 10 viewers or listeners, yeah. <laughs> we can edit things out later. Yeah, I wonder what we're getting on Spotify. I think our Spotify is a little hotter than our Anchor account, and I'm okay. I've really been looking at our YouTube videos. I should go check the views on that. Uh-huh. We got a comment on 
the other day. So I think we're picking up a little steam. Okay, but, cool. But yeah, well, we knew it was going to be a slow build. Right. Well, let's let's continue on with with impact so we can get through Tuesday night. Um. So yeah. yeah after after the suicide uh, Johnny Swinger match, we had a backstage interview with Moose. They announced that there was going to be an eight man, uh, eight man tournament to determine who is the, uh, the number one contender for uh, Tessa Blanchard's Impact uh, World Championship. Um, Moose was was introduced in this, but he's like, no, I'm the true champion. I got the TNA World Championship, and he said, nope. Even though I'm in this tournament, I'm I'm bowing out of it, and I'm not because I'm the champ. They're going to come fight me. So I imagine there's going to be some some struggle, you know, after this, this number one contender is, 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 uh, comes out of, comes out of everything that there's going to be a, a Moose Tessa number one contender thing going on, I imagine. Yeah. Um, then after that, we had, uh, Joseph P. Ryan, uh, <laughs> took on, took on cousin Jake from the Deaners. He looks so fucking weird with that fucking beard. <laughs> right. It's like Ned Flanders kind of right. with a beard. Right. And is 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 just, yeah, straight not not straight at what's the word i'm trying to use it's not straight edge but just uber uber like soccer dad yeah conservative soccer dad kind of look to him from the the guy who yeah. used to flip everybody with his dick yeah yeah so anyways yeah so joe joey ryan i'll never call him joseph p ryan joey ryan beat beat cousin jake via an eye poke and then a schoolboy roll up and then was holding the trunks for the win you know in typical typical heel fashion um, and then the segment with uh, the North defending their their world tag titles from uh, the Battle Arts Academy in Canada against the the Creeps, those jobbers, the Creeps. That was that was a pretty entertaining little segment. Um, what else? Then we had then we had a Rosemary promo. Not not much was was you know came from that. And then we ended the night with the Willie Mac Chris Bay Ace Austin uh, X Division title match. And like I said, that was. I wish you would have watched it because it was, you know, wrestling wise and, 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 you know, guys hitting spots. It was, it was a very, very entertaining match. Willie Mack ended up retaining, but everybody got their spots and there was a bunch of, bunch of, bunch of, you know, cool shit that went down on it. was, it was a great entertaining wrestling match. All right. Okay. I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't sure if I lost you. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I got a Facebook message and it won't let me talk. And then it, like, for some reason I can't hit up, uh, hit up, uh, the shit back quick enough to respond sometimes. Gotcha. Sorry. Gotcha. Um, and then we ended our Tuesday night with a uh, dark side of the ring, uh, cow, uh, was it cocaine and cowboy boots? The, the er, uh, Herb Abrams story of the UFW, and uh, yeah, that was I, I I it was entertaining, but it also didn't. I was playing on my phone during half half the show, so I didn't catch everything other than this dude had had daddy's money or had money from somewhere that nobody could really figure out where he had money from, and and piss it all away with cocaine and hookers, and uh, yeah, it was, it was a pretty pretty wild pretty wild little story from you know. Majority of it I played, you know, paid attention to, but I'm not gonna lie if I didn't say I wasn't fucking around on my phone, you know, for for chunks of it. I actually really liked it. I thought you would too. Actually, I was kind of surprised you fucking didn't dig it because I thought it was pretty entertaining. It was pretty. Well, it it was it was just super redundant. (laughs) Like the guys, the guys got a a cocaine problem and has a has a prostitute problem, and like that's was like every every couple of minutes, like, yep, here's here's Herb doing more coke and and got escorts up. 
five minutes later in the story. Yeah, yeah. Herb, Herb doing more coke and hanging out with escorts. So it was like, well, this felt, know, it was very recycled. Yeah, it. Uh, I don't know. I think the parts that I like too is just how many fucking people he had on board with him, and he still couldn't fucking pull it off. Yeah, because he had he had great. He enjoyed blowing young a little town. too much. Yeah. <laughs> he had great young talent. He had great, you know, old talent. He fucking had every. He had all the fucking tools to make a good fucking wrestling promotion. And dude, that's just insane. It's like Studio Fifty Four shit, right? And then uh, the the entertaining the one I one thing I thought was very entertaining is the way he uh, he had Andre show up to that one show, and then once Vince caught wind of it, he had he had Andre back, you know, back doing doing his thing with WWF at the time. Like the next flipping day, and and Andre was nowhere to be found on the U, on the UWF front. Yeah, that, that was, was kinda, wild. Yeah, brought him out fucking one time, and then Vince called him back. Typical Vince McMahon shit. Right, right. So yeah, like I said, mm. that ended our Tuesday night, um, and then uh, Road Warrior, the Road Warriors story is next week, and then our season finale for Dark Side of the Ring, the Owen story is in two weeks. Okay. Road Warriors should be pretty good, too. I wonder where they're going to go with that, though. I mean, just the dark side of Hawk or... Yeah, right. Is Animal still alive? I mean, I'd imagine that Animal's probably on it. You yeah, know? You, I would think so. You know, and I then, mean, they're one then, of the greatest tag teams of all time. You know, and, you know? And I don't know if they'll touch touch base on, you know, their early days. You know, they came out of Minnesota, you know, where, where there were just tons and tons of guys that came out of that gold gym or whatever mm-hmm. in Minnesota that were all all lived in there and all ended up having great wrestling careers. Like I can't remember what, what, if it was a podcast I was listening to, or if it was a documentary that I was watching, but it was just the amount of dudes that came out of this, this gym that all knew each other that ended up having phenomenal wrestling careers is kind of one of those, Holy shit. A lot of guys are all from the same area. Yeah. uh, um, I wish I could name a few off the top of my head, but I'm totally drawn a blank, but there are a lot of big big names that came out. that rolled around the same time. Um, the the fucking they were a good tag team, man. Their NWA shit was almost better than their WWE or WCW shit, you know. Yeah, I mean, I I first got introduced to them when they were the Legion of Doom before, or this is in between, mm-hmm. which which was their WWE WWS stuff, which you know was in between mm-hmm. their their Road Warriors stuff. So that's when I. I first got in, introduced to him as a youngster and, and they were, you know, by far my favorite tag team growing up. Like whenever you had one of the, the arcade games or the super Nintendo or Nintendo games that had, had the road warriors in it or the Legion of doom in it, it was always, yep. I get, I get Hawk and animal. I get Hawk and animal. These are my dudes. That was, that was my team. Yeah, growing I, was up. Like, I was like the animal the best. Yeah. As did I, I was, I was always more of an animal fan. It must've been the, the, the Mohawk instead of like the double side, side head Mohawk. Oh, and the fact I really liked when they painted the spider on his fucking right, face. Right, right. The spider was better looked than the the red and black yeah, little symbols that that Hawk had. Mm, and then Hawk always seemed old because he had that reverse mohawk. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, now we can get into AW Wednesday night. Um, yeah, like I said, they they after five weeks, six weeks, whatever it was, they finally were able to go back to a significantly smaller crowd with just wrestlers staff and a little bit of friends and family in the uh, in attendance but they finally were able to go back to to live tv excalibur and and jr were back on commentary with tony and uh um, yeah and 
I, I'm not going to lie. Like, watching their show, even with the super limited crowd they have, it just has such a better feel than oh, any, any other product on that, that that's currently trying to go well, live right now. Well, roll back. I mean, you're you're right, but there are definitely weeks that are harder to watch than others. Oh, yeah. But no, this week for sure. was a very, very good one. A very, very good week. I absolutely hated the first match that Express did. made. <laughs> and it wasn't Joey, though, you know? Even though I did, like, write in my notes here, ha, 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 Joey's hair looks fucking stupid. Oh, yeah. It, uh, it looks, the dude the dude needs needs to go to the, the hair salon. That's for dang sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it looked more like an like a bunch of acrobats in a fucking circus for a lot of it too. It wasn't didn't look like a wrestling match. It looked fucking too overly choreographed. Yeah, you know, and that that goddamn Cody Cutter dude, he needs to fucking quit that. You See, thought it looked a little better. I, I thought th- it actually. I thought it was worse. since since he's been doing that Cody Cutter, he'd been doing what is a, a, a springboard off the second ropes or or whatever. But this little you know triangle taken from the the top rope one foot to the or to the middle rope, one foot to the top rope, and then hitting the cutter that way. I thought that was the bestest look since he's been trying to do it. Yeah, it, I mean, I didn't. He, I he, 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 looked, he looked like he hit Joey at the right spot. He wasn't overextending or Joey was in the right spot or, or whatever the case. And like I said, it was, it was the best it had looked so far. There was like two feet of fucking air between Joey's chin and fucking Cody's shoulder, though. Okay, and then like yeah, I, I, there's an awkward ass fucking how Cody grabbed him was awkward as fuck. It looked like the wrong if he would if Cody would have fell fucking three inches the wrong way and not fucking would have just totally missed. Either, yeah, he would have either totally missed or he would have totally fucked uh, Janela up by fucking hurting his neck or something. You know, he would have had to have totally missed to not hurt him, and then it would have looked even fucking dumber. So it's a miracle that they pulled it off in general. Right. I thought, and, you know, like, maybe shit. maybe it could have been the fact that this is the first time in, in a couple of weeks that that it, whoever Cody was doing it on had been closer instead of too far away. But that's why I thought it looked uh-huh. better. But it, but it, I mean, it wasn't spectacular by any means. But it, but it looked better because it actually looked like he he hit the move instead of like grabbing the guy's top of his forehead and hitting the move. Like even though yeah, he, connect, he, he connected with split. the dude's head, but it still didn't look fluid by, by any means, but it was, it was the best that it looked since he's been doing it. Well, yeah. And I mean, I'll give you this too. I mean, I'm not, I don't even know. I don't know how to feel about Joey Janela, uh, to be honest with you. Like I'm on the fence about him. Uh, but I'll tell you the one thing that's undeniable is the fact that he can sell some shit. So oh, if yeah. even Joey couldn't sell it, fucking Cody just needs to quit. Right. He needs to stop it. He just needs to fucking stop the fucking Cody cutter. Yeah. I think um, we're looking at something that's that I talked about last week. And I think that Cody is spending too much time in the office, not enough time in the ring practicing, and he's gotten very complacent. And he's um, kind of a little arrogant in there right now, I think, where he's, um, you know, he came out of New Japan and had a ring of honor. And even his um, Stardust phase was some great matches, you know. And he was really, from the end of his WWE days to basically when AEW started, and he had some great matches with Dustin out the gate too. But you know, a lot of those matches are really good. And now I think he's, but I think he was putting in a lot of time with those, you know, he was practicing a lot, hitting the gym more. Now that he's got all this business shit going on, I don't think he's got enough time to practice. And I think that 
since he was so good then, he thinks that maybe and maybe he doesn't have them um, practicing as uh, high of a priority. That's that's my two cents on it. I could be completely wrong, but I think um, it just appears to me that he's trying way too much new shit live. You know, right? I see that. But um, yeah, I mean, still one of the best mouthpieces in the the company, and but I'm just like every week it seems like I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Like, this isn't Cody Rhodes, not the one that I fucking admire as far as wrestling goes, you know? Yeah, the guy that you thought was going to be, you know, the folk one of the focal points of this company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, how I mean how many times did I bitch about that? fucking dude from dark order fake hitting dust and and right in front of the camera you know (laughs) (laughs) you know the whole internet flipped that off but i mean cody rhodes has done the same shitty move in the last five matches well he didn't do it last week i praised him for not doing it right (laughs) and then turns around and does it in my opinion even worse this week (laughs) and you know i'm like dude like like i'm not you know i've mentioned this a bunch like i'm a cornet guy but i'm not like the same i don't view wrestling in the same way he does right not exactly i i appreciate a lot of the things that he did and a lot of the things that like how he thinks about the business i feel that way in some ways too but at the same time like i'm not like stuck in wanting to watch old nwa shows now you know a lot of that shit was boring to me um so uh, but I, at the same time, I kind of want it to look real, and I feel like if you're doing a shitty move over and over again on live TV, you should probably fucking stop. Yeah, you, should, you, know? you should rework rework your moveset. That's for dang sure. Especially when you're running the company and you're supposed to be one of the biggest wrestlers on the fucking planet right now. Right. You know, you're important. Like you want your product to look good, and you want you to look good. Most importantly, too. You know, like well, if you don't look good, your product's not looking as good. So if you're watching this shit, you can see yourself not fucking doing this move right just cut it from your fucking repertoire until you can fucking practice it some like i'm sure cody could pull the fucking move off i just don't think he has the time to practice it properly yeah i mean i mean always- I'll, I'll run one or two run throughs before before you know the the event that night is probably probably not probably not enough well a lot of these guys are fucking greener than shit too you know, it's not like he's in there with fucking John Cena or right. or Dustin or fucking guys that have been doing it for 30, 20 fucking years. A lot of these guys have only been on the scene for five fucking years, yeah. you know, so they're not going to they're not going to sell it as good. And they're not going to they're not going to be where they're supposed to be. Exactly. They're not going to know how to fall into the moves as well, um, you know, because they're they're not as professional yet. They're not. As experienced, they're, you know, they're as out, a lot of the guys. That, mud show guys. Yeah, well, it's not <laughs> not quite. Some of them are. <laughs> fucking a, those fucking half that dark order is. Yeah. But anyways, um, so yeah, so moving on from from the opening match, then we had a uh, Nyla Rose making her return to uh, from from the pandemic. So they had a little vignette with with Nyla about how she's she's you know never gonna lose a title sort of thing. And they had her take on a jobber that she squashed the whole match. Had her was was very very pleasantly uh, surprised, not surprised, but pleased with uh, the swanton she hit on on the on the gal and then pulled her pulled her head up. That was that was actually a, a very you know because Nyla Nyla's not a very very uh, petite woman by any means. She's a she's uh-huh. a you know fairly sturdy gal and uh, to see her hit a swanton like that and it looked looked very very nice. It was like oh okay there's some there's some athleticism in there. 
And then she mm-hmm. finished off with a you know big ass beast bomb. So uh, uh, yeah, that was uh, you know the, the way I envisioned the match was going to go. Um, yeah, and then that, probably okay. went a little longer than it should have. I think. What's that? Uh, the match. I think it. Oh, well, the match maybe went a little long. Okay, I got you. Yeah. But, How long was it? Now that I think about it, because I, I remember it not being really. I I didn't actually look at the numbers of how long the match was, but I mean, it, all I put down for notes was me. Yeah. Like it so much have been. I mean, it, yeah, it, but it was it was purely just to to show her dominance and how she controls the women's division because she can whoop your ass, pick you up, and whoop your ass some more kind of thing. So yeah, I think mm-hmm. they're just trying to get her over as being being another you know dominant force or whatever. So. Yeah. So anyway, so after that, then we had our uh, our MJF promo about how he's uh, uh, he's uh, gonna be gonna be the new the new king of AEW. Um, yeah, it was obviously recorded in uh, Diamond Dallas Page's yoga studio yeah, too. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, now he, and he'll come back to action next week. So that'll be that'll be entertaining because I mean, even even if MJF couldn't wrestle, which he is a phenomenal wrestler, that dude is. Easily, you know, the best one of the, if not the best, heel in all of pro wrestling right now. MJF has a very old school style too. I mean, he would oh. have been a good NWA guy because oh, he totally in those, got that those days. Yeah, you know, with the revival coming back around, they'd be, be good a, guys. Yeah, they'd Word, be good Wordlow, MJF, and and the revival is a has a four man four man stable. That'd, that'd be be a pretty entertaining group. Mm-hmm. And they would play that. Um, I think they could play the revival. I think could play that dressing nice. Uh, kind of do what they did with um, the dynasty in MLW. Right. You know, right? Yeah. The only the only you know shitty part about having another another heel heel stable is that's all AEW has. I mean, they got the elite, and that's the only face. You know, face. Well, I guess you can maybe consider the best friends a face stable, but it's only I. In my eyes, I always consider a stable a four man team, but uh, yeah, it feels a little better with four man. I mean, you got Lucha, Lucha, um, or not Lucha, but um, the Jurassic Express. Team, yeah, you know, and then, you know, oh, you do have the Lucha Bros because they're Death Triangle with Pac. You know, it's a is a, a three man uh, three man team, but which you know, I guess that can be considered a stable. But in my head, personally, I always consider a, a four man team a legit stable. Yeah, there's a lot of three man teams and shit. So. So yeah. So anyway. So then, uh, um, then Sean. We had another, another person going after Cody. So we had Sean Spears cut a promo on Cody about how, um, you know, Cody wasn't there to, to save to, to to throw in the towel or save Dustin soon enough when he was getting his ass whooped by Lance last week. Yeah. This and that. That's something. Just like that's something I don't like about AEW. They got like eight different storylines with going the same with eight same different... fucking guy. Yeah. Or yeah, same people. You know, it's like calm down like there's a million things spears could be doing right now you don't need to have him picking on cody you got a great storyline with cody going on right now they got even greater this week right you know yeah and then, and, yeah, um, then b- before before you know the pandemic happened we had everything with with kenny he had what he had Pac. he had uh jericho he had mm-hmm. uh fuck there's one other person i can't think of but yeah he had he had like four storylines going himself <laughs> Hey, is that so? Is that cage match going to happen at Double or Nothing? Blood, the elite blood and guts? No, I don't think so yet. Okay, I was going to say because that would be interesting because Cody's got that match with um with uh, Lance, Lance that yeah. night. So there would be if, there would be a perfect opportunity for for there to be be a match between all those guys because none of those guys have been confirmed for a match yet and have 
have Matt or have broken Matt Hardy take uh, take Cody's place, and then you would have you'd have a team. And uh, yeah, I think think that w- that would work out. So maybe maybe it could happen. I don't I don't know. I mean, we we got two well, weeks I mean, to, to figure it out. Well, wasn't broken Matt Hardy going to take the place of of the mm-hmm. young buck of Nick Jackson? Yeah. Okay, so he's already supposed to be in it. I think right. so that would leave either them a good opening to bring uh was it nick that's out yeah it was nick that was or out. It, that'd be a good opportunity for them to bring nick back or it would be a good opportunity for them because i bet they have they have a couple people in their pocket right now i'm gonna bet so it'd be a good good time to bring maybe somebody in as a surprise face right but yeah to, from our understanding no there there is no there is no uh Nothing on the well, books for blood and guts to happen. I personally yet. think that match should be held off until there's a crowd. It's going to be fucking fire. And and, and the fact that there's going to be eleven people in the you know essentially in the ring. I mean it's a mm-hmm. it's, it's a cage match with eleven dudes in a in a ref. Oh, I guess the referee won't technically be in the ring. Or no, or maybe the referee will be in the ring. Yeah. So I think yeah. So it's eleven. Well, wouldn't it be eight? What's that? Be wouldn't it be eight men? Well, no, no, no. Because it because it'd be it'd be all the inner circle. So. Uh, Ortiz, Santana, Jericho, Sammy, and, and Hager versus uh, mm-hmm. what the original thing was going to be was before, before Nick got hurt, it was going to be Cody, okay, Cody, yeah, ha- uh, Hangman, Kenny, and the Bucks. That was going to be the okay. five, the five that were in it. But then when uh, when uh, 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 Nick got hurt, that's where, where Broken Matt Hardy was going to take, take Nick's place, okay, so. So anyway, so so who knows who knows what's gonna happen. Um. So yeah. So so yeah. Anyway, so we had Sean Spears cut his promo on on uh, Cody. Then then after that, they went to commercial, came back, and there was a uh, some some interview with uh with uh Dasha Gonzalez with MJF and uh, Sean Spears, where they were they were drinking their drinking their wine and their yeah whatever else. That was that was pretty entertaining banter back and forth between those guys. And then it was announced that uh. MJF was going to have a match against Jungle Boy at Double or Nothing. Mm-hmm. So I think that should be a fairly fairly entertaining match between two, yeah, be two, good. two youngsters that are you know that were on their on their way up and coming before before the pandemic hit. But yeah, I hope they do a good build for it and allow them to have a good amount of TV time. They got they got know. they got two weeks to 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 get you know at least two two weeks of TV time to get it uh to get it built up. Double, yeah, double or nothing. Kind of in two, two, yeah, two Saturdays from now. That kind of sucks about all this, though, is they aren't gonna have a lot of good time to build shit up. I mean, all right, but yeah, we'll keep rolling along because there's a lot of opinions I've got that I'm trying not to keep <laughs> here for too long or keep make this show for too long either. You know, right. so um, so after the MJF Sean Spears stuff, we had a uh, Mox and Frankie Kazarian in a non-title mm-hmm. match, um, which is you know is a it was an okay, hard-hitting back-and-forth match with with Mox picking up the victory, and then at the end we had uh, the Dark Order showed up and you know beat up everybody in the ring, and Mr. Brody, All right. Mr. Brody came out and challenged Mox for the uh, right. world right. title for for Double or Nothing. This is a, one of those things, and it's like one of those things with Braun and fucking Bray. It's too rushed, too early, yeah, too fucking early for this shit. Um, it's not going to do either one of them any good to do this right now. I mean, what are they going to take the belt off Mox and give it to Brody? Or are they going to fuck send completely fucking ruin Mox's steam? 
or are they gonna fucking uh you know have mox beat brody and fucking then that ruins brody's team and the first relevant fight he has is he gonna lose or what i mean i know yeah i guess they could make it a, a no no contest match or maybe you know whatever well especially but... with 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 brody coming in and and being the quote-unquote mouthpiece for the are you tired of losing tired of losing and then you're gonna have the leader of your leader of your faction lose you know a big world title match it's like oh yeah, yeah. totally carry <laughs> the dark order i mean i fucking hate the dark order anyways right. they right. fucking dumb i think um yeah i don't fucking like it i fucking never have liked it ever regardless of Jim Cornette's opinion on it, I would still fucking hate it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I fucking just, I do not like the fucking Dark Order. I think it's fucking dumb. I thought it was dumb since they fucking appeared. And um, Well, the shitty part when they, they appeared at Double or Nothing or, or whatever, whatever, yeah, I think it was Double or Nothing when they showed up and nobody knew who the fuck they were because they hadn't really been relevant outside of California. So on the, mm-hmm. the national stage, everybody, like, when we were sitting in the crowd, everybody's like, who the fuck are these guys? And I, I had to do the same thing. I had to, like, quickly bring up my phone and be like, you know, try to figure out who is, who are these two guys. And, you know, they were known in uh, in California as Evil Uno and Evil Dose. Uh, Stu Grayson wrestled as Evil Dose, and they were known as the, the Super Smash Brothers at, at that point. Yeah. So it was, like, it, was like, it was like, when I did, you know, my little bit of research, I was like, okay, I know who at least who these guys are. But at the same time, it's like, not everybody else is as big a fucking mark as I am and going to know who the fuck these guys are. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, I don't like it. Yeah. And I don't like that. I don't like, I really don't like what they're doing with Brody Lee. I think they could have done better with it. And I'm really not into them fucking pushing this shit so hard because I mean, I think uh, on my picks in the group, I'll pick, I'll pick Brody Lee. I think it's the most logical the most logical booking for it that I can see Brody Lee takes the belt and then him and Mox feud back and forth for a while until Mox can get it back. Okay. And they have a little back and forth thing that lasts more, yeah, than, more I mean, than just one event. Maybe Mox keeps getting made. They fuck Mox over, you know, right, Mox right. doesn't get a fair match and they, they cheat to win. And, and then Mox takes a couple, you know, maybe two pay-per-views or so for Mox to get the belt back. And, right. So then kind of, you know, Brody gets his steam, has the bell right away, kind of fucking. And I think, honestly, I think the only reason they're rushing it is to fucking, I feel like the only reason they're rushing it is to just flip Vince McMahon off and be like, look, this guy can work. He's a star. You, All these you guys, guys are stars. Yeah. Then get, yeah. And, and we're going to put a fucking goddamn belt on him right away just to fucking shove it up your ass, you know? Right, right. Mm-mm, but, you know. So, um. But, you know, it is kind of good that they didn't put him in, like, the TV title match or something, you mm-hmm. know, where, like, like that's, like, not – I mean, he is a better piece to that puzzle. Right, yeah, than, he, need, he needs to be a world title guy. He, he, uh, I just wish they would have waited a little bit. Like, you know, gave, gave that burn up until – you know, gave it a slow burn up until around Christmas, you know. Had him destroy a few people first, you know. I really feel yeah, like they should have just uh, – there's a list of people they could have put him with that he could have beat Dustin or fucking. Uh, I think a lot of this know. is scrambling, scrambling because what? of the pandemic too. It's just like uh-huh. like fuck, we need to get something going because we only got two weeks till our pay per view. Yeah, I mean, why not Kenny or or uh, fucking uh, 
and any of those elite guys, you know, right, could have been a good one. And Luchasaurus, they could have had a good, good match with him and Luchasaurus. And I think that Brody could have beat him, and it wouldn't have hurt Lucha as much as it would have. Uh, hurt, which is hurt. where I thought they were. Go ahead. Where I thought they were going to go for a minute. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. I thought they were going to have Brody pick on. Marco stunt for a while, then maybe pull into Jungle Boy, and then Luchasaurus would come out and be like, "Hey, look, I'm big too, motherfucker." Right, you know? right. You want to fucking pay? And I thought Luchasaurus would be the first guy to give Brody a run for his money. And that's that's because, the booking I would have I would have gone with too. Yeah, then you build it, and Brody beats him, um, probably in a fairly decent match. It wouldn't be. I wouldn't allow Luchasaurus to like have too good of a match where there's a bunch of false false finishes or anything. Uh-huh. You know, I would fucking let him have a pretty decent match, 20 fucking minutes maybe, you know, and no bullshit false finishes. Fucking Brody comes out pretty clean, but Lucha gives a good fucking fight. and Maybe later on down the line, they can have a fight again, and Lucha goes over after right. Brody keeps his team up, you know? Right. Um, But, yeah, I wouldn't have put Mox out there. I mean, there's a lot of other shit for Mox to do. Um, I would have put them together around Christmas time probably is when I would have had Mox drop the belt to Brody. Okay, I get that. Yeah, I, I think I think a lot of it just has to do with scrambling. Scrambling because of the pandemic and, and needing to, to get a... Because they, have, they, have, they only had so many months to, to build up their, their brand before everybody kind of went MIA because of this shit. So I think it was just, it was yeah, just like, oh, suck. fuck, this is what we need to do kind of thing. Well, and they've they've got a lot of pieces in this chess game right now. That's just um, every they don't want. You know, AEW's big thing is like, hey, we want to be a place for people that didn't get a fair shake, and other organizations, mainly WWE, all these this great talent that WWE had that they weren't using and shitting on, and and they wanted to make an organization for these guys to come in and. And do something good with, but you know, it, you know, they're just trying to make too many world champions right away. I feel like, you know. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. I feel like just focus on good stories, man. You know, and they have been lately. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm way happier with AEW than I was a few months ago. Like this this week's episode was great. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm looking forward to the feud between Brody and and uh mox too i mean it's not that i'm not looking forward to this feud i just it's just like it doesn't feel good right too, now yeah know? too soon yeah i mean i mean mox had that great ending there that was fucking amazing and and brody cut a good promo and and you know it was all right for what it was but i just felt like it should have been different timing yeah i totally get that so anyway so after after the commercial break then we went to a Lance Archer taking on QT Marshall, QT trying to stick up for his, his friend and tag partner, Dustin Rhodes. And, you know, just like we thought it was, it was going to be basically a, a squash match. You know, QT got a little bit of, a little bit of offense in. And, oh, and Honestly, Jake, that Jake, match was... Jake came to the ring too uh, in his, mm-hmm. in his, uh, his, his, his uh, COVID mask or pandemic mask, whatever the hell you, social that distancing he, mask yeah, that, he, that, he, that he wore when he walked out and then he didn't wear it the rest of the damn time. <laughs> Well, that's what Claire was like. He's not wearing it, right? I'm like, the motherfucker's been a smoker since fucking 1942. Like, yeah, right. Can't <laughs> like, it's like he's probably breathing his own breath through that mask is probably more toxic than getting the fucking coronavirus. Right. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, and they weren't social distancing and right. Uh, it's so it's so hard. They, it's so hard in that that oh that sport. Let's go back though, because Brandy cut a good little promo right. Oh before yeah, yeah. That. Beforehand, I I did forget to to mention yeah, Brandy's, and and Brandy's I just wanted to Jake. say, I wanted to make sure to point that out because I've been kind of shitting on Brandy the last couple weeks and and saying shit like oh you know I don't I feel like that it's too forced for her to be out there and all this shit and then this week she came out and I was like. I think that was the best thing she's done in a long time. That little promo is was a great way for her to get involved in this fucking match right. and this feud. And we knew it was going to happen afterwards, but it should happen. You know, they're heels and it's dirty, dirty. I would have probably allowed them to probably do something a little more humiliating to her something to piss Cody off a little more than just put the fucking stupid snake on her and fucking have Britt Baker I mean, I think Lance should have done the deed. Lance should have clotheslined her. Or some yeah, I, I shit. think I think Lance should have given her the given her the bump. But uh, just seeing Damien, even though Damien I, come out was, I thought that was fucking cool. That's what I that's what I texted you, and I was like, oh man, really cool throwback moment. And it was it was just cool to see the snake out there. Yeah. The only thing is though, is a funny story about that. I'll try to make it quick. Is the original Damien is dead? And oh Jake yeah, no, this, is, this is probably like third third or fourth snake or whatever over over uh, those years. Jake the Snake got a fucking nice little fine from the state of, well, fuck Georgia, I think, Mm -hmm. for uh, animal cruelty against that snake because he left it in his fucking garage for two months without any food or water. (laughs) While while he was on the road or something? Yeah, in the summertime when it's hot as fuck. So he ended up basically frying to death. And so, yeah. Hmm. Uh, You can find that story on the line someplace if you guys want to hear the more right. accurate take. Right. But, but yeah, so when they were like, oh my God, it's Damien, I was like, no. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's just like, uh, you know, how many how many different car- you know incarnations have there been of, of so many other different things? It's, we know it's not mm-hmm. the original, but it, but they're still going to call it by that name or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, uh, what was it? The, the, old, uh-huh. the old Portland wrestling days, there was a, a grappler. Well, we definitely know the yeah. original grappler is not still wrestling, but but the, guy funny, who's, I was but the guy who's the, the grappler current grappler is probably like the grappler number number five or whatever. But they still call him uh, the grappler, you know. <laughs> well, actually, I think the the old guy that's um, so there's been the the grappler's been pretty consistent since the last grappler took over. Grappler three, yeah. Um, the grappler three has been wrestling as the grappler for a long time. So yeah, the grappler for a while. Fuck, I don't know. We should, I'm not even going to go there. We'll talk about it next week, and I'll <laughs> I'll look more into it. We're already fucking really pushing time on this. We're actually not doing too bad. I think we're at an hour and a half, so we're a little little er. I mean, and we're getting pretty close to the end. Right. A couple more things I want to talk about, but I'll shut up because I could talk about Portland wrestling for a while now. So, <laughs> so then we ended with our with our main event with uh, Lace Sex Gods against uh, Kenny and and Broken Matt Hardy and. Uh, I, I I don't know if you enjoyed it, but I enjoyed the uh, the personality changes that happened. You know, mid match <laughs> came out as broken Matt yeah, Hardy, it, then came it out took as, me as Matt Hardy. Going on? <laughs> What's up? It took it took me a minute to figure out what was going on. Like I was like, oh, I was like, I don't recall him come. I was like, I thought he came out and, as a. And then I didn't think about it until I was like, I think they're doing like the the change, and the, then the personality once he changes. popped out of that. Yeah, once he popped out of the ice machine, I was like, okay, they're doing the personality changes. Yeah, was, and then it was bro- broken Matt Hardy, then then 
then uh, Team Extreme Matt Hardy, and then it was Damascus uh, Matt Hardy. So two of my favorite things that AEW has done has involved the inner circle and just being let to run rampant around arenas. Oh, yeah. The other one was when Cody Rhodes and then the elite guys went and they had their brawl, you mm-hmm. know, throughout mm-hmm. the that arena. This was so fucking awesome. This is the best thing I've seen probably, you know, at quarantine since since the social distancing and the shelter in place shit. I think um, this is probably, you know, wrestling's been kind of hard to watch at times, and this is definitely probably one of my favorite moments that have has been. It it's probably probably number three behind uh, Firefly Fun Funhouse and the Boneyard. Then this this. This, if you uh, want me to be honest, I match. would put it above. I would put it above the Firefly Funhouse personally. Okay. The Firefly Funhouse was good, but it fell a little short in time. Yeah, with it only being me. thirteen minutes. I, yeah, I think they could have done a lot more with it, and um, and it was a little bit. I don't know. I just I think that um, the the Boneyard match set such a fucking high standard, but. But I think this is probably in my book a smidge ahead of the the Firefly Funhouse, and there wasn't as many bells and whistles. It was just good old fashioned use what you got and have fucking fun doing it, you know? Yeah. And then the the, the right there at the end when uh when uh, Santana and Ortiz showed up, I was like, oh shit, those guys aren't stuck in New York anymore. I was like, fuck yeah. And then it made me think like, oh, well, now we're gonna see the Bucks and we're gonna see Hangman. They're gonna show up too. Yeah. We we didn't get, but which is you know which is fine. But it was like. Which, it was, yeah, it was, it's totally fine. It was it was nice nice seeing the whole inner circle back together, because you know, yeah, like, I said, like I said, you know, there's 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 so many heels heel teams in in AEW, but they're still the guys that are doing it the best. I was kind of glad that I was disappointed about that because it leaves more for next week, you know. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. like, you know they got to be close to coming back, and then they'll get their. You know they'll probably get their asses kicked again next week, and right. then the third week, the the bring home one from for a double or nothing. Double yeah. or nothing probably be when everybody comes back and they finally get their we're on, get we're on their even, even playing fields. We got we got our team against mm-hmm. your team. We're 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 back to even numbers. But yeah, it was really good, dude. The fucking shit with fucking uh, Hardy and Omega. Those two guys' chemistry was crazy. Oh, it was it was phenomenal. It's like they've been they've been dude, tagging for years. No shit. That's what I was thinking. It's the best thing I've seen Omega do in AEW. I think I can't recall a match that was that good. Maybe right out the gate with Mox or uh, Jericho. But ever since then, he's been kind of just meh, you know. I mean, yeah, and, he still uh, gets, gets his spots, but it's but it, it's been nothing that was like. Yeah, it's not like his New Japan shit. Yeah, though, it's not you know, like it was. It was really Kenny good. and Okada. Yeah, it was nothing different for him too. This is shit that he hasn't done. So that's why another reason I was impressed is like Kenny doesn't do this kind of shit all that he, often. This this is a know? lot. Of, I know. I know you. You and your buddy, buddy Jim, dog on his his uh his stuff he did in DDT. But there was a lot of this stuff like that that went on in DDT. Kind of the goofy, the goofy you know spots they they had during the during the backyard or during the during the brawl. And, uh, there's only the thing about this though is there was only like a couple like goofy spots that kind of flowed with the match pretty well, you know. And but for the rest of it, it was just him kicking ass and looking right. like a right. badass. And really looks like kind of a ballet dancer or some shit. Like I, I like Kenny, and I, I don't shit on him like Cornette does. You know, um, I don't like a lot of his earlier work 
<laughs> but I, I was a fan of him in um, New Japan. You know? Oh yeah, no, he was he was yeah he was a straight shooter there. It wasn't it wasn't wrestling wrestling kids or wrestling an inflatable doll. Uh, yeah, New no, New I Japan was, New Japan was is is legit some wrestling there too. You know, and that feud with Jericho was awesome, man. I'll never forget that moment when fucking the Jer when Jericho showed up, right? And you knew that was when shit. You knew shit was gonna change at that moment for wrestling forever. I felt like in right. when that happened, but um. Oh, oh, and it that was a fucking defining moment for a lot of shit, you know. Right, right. And he, the, got, I'm giving a lot of lot of credit to Sammy in that that uh, uh golf Sammy golf cart cool. bump that he took. Holy shit! Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't think that was even a bump. I think he just got hit by the fucking cart, man. Claire, Claire, I haven't seen Claire freak out about a match in fucking probably a year. Maybe right. the Boneyard match. And she was watching it with me, and we were both like, holy shit, this is fucking awesome. Yeah, as, so As soon as Sammy took her, that bump, I was in the same boat. I was like, I was like oh, fuck, oh, damn. You know, it was kind of like one of those moments, and it was like, man, Sammy Sammy put his body on the line and took took a gnarly, and then gnarly just, fucking hit. Oh, my God. And then just fucking Hardy driving the fucking thing. <laughs> what did he say to the camera guy? I need You're, your film assistant. I need you to document these events. <laughs> yeah, I need you to document these events with film is what yeah, he said. Or yeah, something. he said it in his, his broken Matt Hardy speak. <laughs> yeah, that was so fucking funny as shit. God, it's so good. And then he pulls Omega in there. and you, Yeah. Yeah, it was, that was pretty the whole thing. Pretty awesome. pretty good, and then and at the end, you know, like I said, with Santana and Ortiz showing up, and then the, you know, the 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 the, the background with uh being at the Jacksonville Jaguar Stadium and then having the inner circle on their big ass Titan Tron thing, that was that's a cool little, oh, you know, and that fucking scissor lift spa was great. Oh yeah, no, the oh yeah, the scissor lift fucking moonsault that was that was phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. That was good too, and he didn't go so high that I thought he was gonna fucking kill himself. Right, Either he was right. high enough to where I knew it would be good, but he wasn't doing anything yep. too crazy. Because that scissor lift probably would have went up another fucking you know eight feet. Yeah, but I've I've been in those type of scissor lifts. They go up about about thirty feet. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, but he Matt, went up high. Matt took Matt looked, took the most of you know the biggest hit out of the out of everybody in that moonsault though. Oh yeah. Well, and he was bleeding pretty heavy from his arm yeah. for some from something. I, I, I don't I, know I don't, what. Maybe it was the table. Maybe that's where 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 it came into play when he jumped off the ladder onto the table earlier earlier in the match, and they were still in the ring. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Either way, I mean, it was it was very very pleased with that main event. I didn't expect it to be that good. Well, I kind of, I was wondering how good it would be because sometimes you say something's really good, and I don't think it's all that good. I think it's okay, you know. Right. And. But you said it was really good, so I was like, "All right, well, let's let's see," because I had like I haven't really been impressed with Hardy since he's been in, and um, a little piece pieces here or there. I think after I thought about because last week I told you I wasn't that impressed with him, but to be honest, after I thought about it, I was like, you know, I think I just had a stale taste in my mouth from his WWE shit, just the fact that he's getting kind of old, but. I started to think, and I'm like, you know, there's a few things that he has done since he's been that I really enjoyed, like a lot of the shit with Jericho and stuff right, like that, right. you know. So, but this, I fucking was like, this is fucking awesome. Like, if they keep pulling shit like this off on here, like, I honestly, I think the quarantine's been not as bad to AEW as it has been to other 
no. businesses in yeah. wrestling. Like it's given them a chance to shine. Yeah, that's definitely. It's it's been you know it's it's been shitty, but it's also been a blessing of sorts too. It's been way better than anything else, and and like I said last week, I think a lot of it is, um, is because that these guys are used to wrestling for nobody, right? You know, right. you get these NXT people that have always had a crowd, you know, or these people that are in the WWE that are old as shit and fucking haven't wrestled in front of nobody in like two decades, right? Right. You know, and they get really like weird about it. It's awkward to them not to have a crowd. And these guys have been wrestling each other in front of nobody for fucking 10 years now. They're right. used to it. Right. You know, they've been wrestling in front of each other, having a good time like this for fucking ever because that's what the independent scene's like. You go there, they sit in the crowd just like everybody else a lot of the times now. Right. You know, I mean, it, I mean granted, granted, independent wrestling has made a resurgence in the last two to three years pretty significantly. But, mm-hmm. but, but prior to that, yeah, man, it was. Yeah, like you you were talking when we were talking to MV Young, you know, a couple of weeks ago, saying that you know there was there was Seattle guys sitting in the sitting in the in the uh, the arena just to fill seats. Well, yeah, and they they also, I mean, that was pretty smart of William from Prestige as well because he knew that he was putting his shit in a town that was not a wrestling town, right? But he knew that he could probably get some people out just because the fact that there's not a lot that goes on there. And he had some pretty big names that maybe somebody would be like, "Hmm," you know, and, you know, he kind of promoted it as a kid friendly thing as well. And there's some WWE fans and the tickets were cheap, you know, his tickets were super cheap for the first one. And he had, um, I can't remember who his big draw was. The poor guy, he had like this big draws. Most of them. Well, one of them was um, Tom Lawler. Or was it, no, was, it no. was it before Tom Lawler had hooked up with the Prestige? Tom might have been there, but he wasn't like one of the huge draws. He might have been, you know, because there's a lot of UFC fans around here, so right. they might he he probably drew a couple people, but um, the one that probably drew the kids in was who's that dude in Contra now that was in the funny mustache fucking tag team from. Um, NXT. Other dude just got laid off. He's married to Eddie Guerrero's daughter. Oh, uh, Aiden English and uh, Simon Grimm. Simon Grimm what was, was the Simon, one. Simon yeah. wasn't his name. Simon Gotch or whatever. In, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Simon Grimm's is, is is now his indie wrestling name. And then they had Chris Masters. Okay, okay. But he had to cancel because he had an injury. Um, Davey Richards was there for the first one, right, a, which... He's, he's, he's from that neck of the woods. He's from Richland. Uh, yeah, nobody knew who the fuck he was, though, because, <laughs> you know, uh, nobody watched TNA or Ring of Honor. Right. Which I didn't realize how, how much of a player he was in early Ring of Honor days. Those, um, it was it the American Wolves or something? Yeah, some the American shit? Wolves with, uh, with Eddie Edwards, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they had a great tag team run. Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so they they put, but he knew that, and he put a bunch of wrestlers from. At this point in time, Evolve was only probably one two events in. Evolve was, and then, or Defy. Defy. Okay, man. got it. Defy was. So Defy um, started out. The first time I ever heard of Defy was um, when they brought Cody over. Okay. Okay. And I'm not 100% sure it was even Defy then, but I think it was a lot of the same guys that run Defy that right. brought Cody. 
when he was fresh out of the out of the WWE. Because a lot of the guys were doing this other thing that's still kind of a promotion up there, but I haven't seen a lot of it, and it was more of a hardcore promotion. I booked Jake the Snake there to do promo classes when he came up. Yeah, and I can't remember what it's called. I'm trying to think of because it's the number three company in Seattle. It's it's Defy, then it's three two one battle, and then I can't three two one battle is the one I'm thinking. Really, they're because they're, they're more like a super all inclusive, uh, you know, kind of like what what a uh, MV you know, MV had done over in, in New York. That's kind of what three two one battle is now. There's a lot of a lot of inter, okay. intergender stuff over there too. Which is, really? Yeah. yeah, there was some intergender stuff okay. there too, but it was a lot of hardcore shit too, and a lot of like gimmicky shit. Like the dude that I knew through there was this guy named Ronald McFondle, and it's kind of funny that uh, he's one of the guys that runs the things, and, and that's how I was watching because he was involved a little bit with bringing Cody in. Okay, but he'd been around since I lived in Seattle. Okay. They were doing shows in bars up there that were just fucking terrible and he was one of their big draws and he was just like it was pretty much like strictly hardcore it was just one of like the ones that was hard to watch you know okay. like but he made the i think he had a big hand in helping making this promotion and uh three two one battle i mean i for a while three two one battle was the only fucking one out there in seattle there, there's another company so, that that has been around for a minute before defy blew up and I'm, I'm trying to remember what the name of the company is but uh yeah, yeah, I, I, and they've been around about as long as Three Two One Battle has been around as well. But I'm just totally drawn a blank on the name. Yeah, it's a little smaller, and it's I think it's based more um, like in the suburbs in between Seattle and Tacoma. Yeah, because I want a lot of shows. I want to say like, MV, MV's wrestled for him two or three different times when he was up in the Northwest. Mm-hmm. I just can't think of the name of the company off the top of my head. But yeah, I, I want to say that company is actually based out of Tacoma. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. only drawn a blank. Yeah, and we totally went on a fucking tangent. I mean, I guess we were kind of finished. <laughs> well, though. yeah, I was gonna say the only the only other thing we had for AEW after all the matches were were said and done is uh the ten thousand dollar fine that they got from the state of commissions out of Maryland because uh they are there Tony Khan has as as when he puts in for his his license or whatever to wrestle in the states is pro wrestling and pro wrestling in the state of Maryland has like a no blood no blood clause or, or something to that, to that effect in their, their stuff. And, and because Mox and Kenny and that, that uh, street fight match drew blood, they ended up getting fined by, by the Maryland, you know, state of commissions. And that's why a lot of that stuff is why Vince has changed his stuff from being pro wrestling to sports entertainment to get around that rule. Cause that, uh-huh. yeah, the, the commissions commissions pro wrestling, but they do not commission sports entertainment. That's why Vince made that change, and I think that just might have been yeah. That just might have been something that. that Tony Tony didn't think about or whatever. That oh, uh-huh. you guys are being being you know there's there's some sanctions that could happen for being pro wrestling. Yeah, well they did that too. Um, I mean they just went into that on that last episode of Dark Side of the Ring and why Vince did that after the whole big kayfabe right. thing. He's the one that kind of ended it all, right. you know. Well, not kind of. He totally did. And he did it before he did it on national television right, right. on Raw, which was the big thing. Everybody was like, oh, my God, fuck, fuck Vince McMahon for that. But but he did it before that, which is kind of smart because they were fucking him. Right. You know, they're fucking the whole wrestling business in general fucking hard because of it, you know, because there is always that gray area. Is this real? Is this fake? Everybody kind of knew it's fake because there's a lot of shit that happens that would kill normal people. 
You know, so you kind of had to know that some of it had to be fake because people can't take baseball bats to the head, you know, without right. fucking dying. Right. Or having their head split open like a fucking watermelon, you know, and that kind of shit was happening. So, um, but yeah, I think, I mean, it was probably the only, the best move on Vince McMahon's part to do that. But Tony Khan, I'm surprised, didn't follow. I mean, it's a rookie move, you know. I mean, he's a wrestling fan, but it shows that he's, got things to that learn. he has got yep he's got some things to learn as far as the business side of things go you know um but yeah um i i remember hearing about that when it happened and that they were going to find him and that they're pissed but then i thought it just kind of died away because it, it really i didn't hear anything about it for a long right. long time i'd say they're probably pretty lucky it was only 10 grand though you know because it's not too much of a greedy fine for for a bill, you know, for billionaires yeah yeah, because fucking, we know how the states like to make money, especially those ones up there. They're rich fuckers, you know. Right. <laughs> I'm surprised it wasn't like fucking hundred thou or a mil or something, you know. Right. So um, to 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 end end our podcast and we move on to to NXT. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to to keep things rolling, but uh, I'm not gonna lie, I was so un unimpressed with Gargano and uh, uh, Dij- yeah, Dijakovic uh, that I just ended up. Reading, reading results instead of watching the whole show because I was, it was, yeah, it was it a very boring, you know, if the first match never catches my interest and it, I, it, it's tough to yeah. watch the rest of the show. Well, here's my thought on it too. It's like that match went on for fucking ever. If they're trying to put fucking Gargano over right now with this new gimmick, unless they're trying to put Dijak over whatever the fuck his name is. And I have notes for these someplace. <laughs> I, I can't I, remember I, where they are. This, this new Johnny Gargano you know, like I'm gonna a take no shit, you know, type of thing. Like I struggle because the dude weighs 185 pounds, but he can't be. This, well, yeah. In my eyes, he can't be this giant ass kicker because no, it, it just doesn't work for me. Uh, and he's and he's taking shit. Yeah. Already. Yeah. You know, but what I mean, if you stopped watching, I mean, you did miss a hell of a fucking. Uh, I have notes for this someplace. What the fuck happened to him? So here it is. Um, uh, yeah, that was a terrible match. I think I've wrote a bunch of shitty fucking notes about it, but it was pretty. It was pretty uneventful. Fucking goddamn. Um, one altogether, and uh, we should just breeze through this because I want to talk about the podcast with the revival. You didn't fucking yeah. I didn't. I didn't listen to it. Listen yet. to it. Yeah. So, so, we'll, so we'll, we'll um, just breeze through. So Gar- Gargano beat Dijakovic. Um, Tazawa beat Jack Gallagher in the cruiserweight title uh, tournament. That was uneventful. So t- t- Tazawa's got two wins on the on the tournament now. I really, wish, I don't know why they don't push Gallagher better because fucking uh, that dude was money back in the day when he was doing his mustache gimmick. People loved that dude, right? And I really felt like he should have been the cruiserweight champion then. And now he's out in the second fucking round, so I don't know what the fuck right. they're thinking, you know. And then uh, I mean Tazawa. So. No, go ahead. That's it. I'm I'm trying not to talk too much. <laughs> so then we had a uh, Chelsea Green take on uh, Jai Lee and uh, 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 that it was fucking terrible. Right. Then Carrying uh, Cross finally made his his. Uh, that was fucking bad. Yeah, it was. It was not as good as I was hoping it was going to be. Like I, I watched. I, I I did watch that match and it was it was kind of a letdown. Did you watch his entrance? Yeah, it was it was kind of corny. I thought his entrance was rad. Really, dude. I thought it was. I, I guess. I'm just not Scarlet being, well, being you know his real life girlfriend being his uh 
his his valet out there. This is kind of like, eh, whatever. I thought it was pretty fucking rad. I thought it was fucking good. Um, I'm really excited to see what they do with this. Um, I think this dude is, you know, and I, I didn't follow him a lot in Impact either, so maybe that's why I'm so on for him. Maybe his shit in Impact was way better. No, he's, he's the, he's the exact know? same character that he was in Impact. Exact same. Oh, really? Yeah. Because he didn't, I remember watching him when he was in that faction with Abyss and Rosemary, I think, is that other chick's name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I don't remember him looking like that with the bald hair. I thought he had long hair and was kind of ratty. Now, that was that was Crazy Steve. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, you know, so he, he okay. was just a, he was, he's the, basically the exact same gimmick that he was in Impact. This is this dude that's kind of like borderline psychopath that just comes in and chokes people out, fucks them up, and then chokes them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't really like the, his finishing move, but um, I felt like with all of his power and how he kicked ass, he could use a better, like more power bombish kind of move. Yeah, that that uh, but, what do they call the cohita clutch or whatever? Yeah, they it's kind of. But maybe, well, they're, what are they called? Yeah, they're called thought... the, the cross jacket or, or something like that, or the cross straight jacket. Oh yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's basically basically Samoa painful, Joe, though. Samoa Joe and Oscar's fucking finish essentially. Or they're they're old. It looks a little different because he hooks the legs. Yeah, yeah he, he look, but, but the choke is the same. Yeah. So, um, but I fucking liked it. I thought it was fucking rad. That was the best part of the show by far. Right. Um, and then we. But anyways, and then we had a Io Shirai took on Charlotte, and that ended up in a DQ. Um, I don't. I didn't didn't read all of what happened with uh, Rhea Ripley coming out. Um, you can you can yeah, you can go on yeah. that if, if anything significant came from that. Yeah. So essentially, Rhea came out, um, which she looks a little different. Um, and then Charlotte took off, and then the chick that is completely irrelevant, not that good, that was in the match with Charlotte, got mad at Rhea Ripley, and then they had a stupid ass fucking thing that went for too long in the back. Mm-hmm. Uh, um. But yeah, that was that was that. So I think they're gonna try to make it a three way thing because that just sort of felt like like that girl got fucked over. Rhea came back. Now they're fighting, so it's probably gonna be a three way thing either for the next for the belt whenever they get around. Whenever the next takeover is. Yeah, and I don't know why this other chick's relevant enough to even be in the fucking ring with them because I never even heard of her until tonight or this morning when I watched it. So it's just like. (laughs) Ay, ay, ay. So, but yeah, I'm digging Charlotte and NXT. We know that. We'll just keep going. Yeah. So, so after the after those ladies, then we had a Kushida beat Jack Atlas, and from what it looked like, a, a essentially a squash match. From reading the reading the notes, it was like the the match was like three sentences long, and it was like, oh, match is over. Kushida won in an easy match. Yeah. And then uh, we had Cameron Grimes, formerly uh, and no, not Andrew Everett. Uh, I can't think of what the hell his name was when he was in when he was with uh, Impact and he came up, you know, and he looked like like a Dieter or whatever the fuck those brothers <laughs> were. Yeah, uh, his name is Cameron Cameron Grimes, but he used to be an Impact guy, but he, but he came from Omega back in the day with uh with the Hardys and those guys, their their organization that they had when they were yeah when they were youngsters. I'm t- totally okay. Trevor Trevor Lee. That's his name. Trevor Lee was his name. Okay. The name. So I'm gonna put a couple two cents in on this guy because I kind of like him, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of pissed they just had Finn bury him like right up the gate right. like that because 
Like, I honestly feel like they're trying to build him up. I, and I put like, oh, this guy looks like a guy that could potentially be something and have a nice slow burn, maybe like a Velveteen Dream, right. have some good math because he looks pretty good in the ring. He's pretty entertaining, um, has a pretty good look to him, pretty interesting, pretty unique in some ways, kind of the same old shit for some in some other ways. Mm-hmm. But but just I was interested in seeing what this guy could do. And then they just have to come out and squash him and Finn. Even though he went back to NXT, I had high hopes that maybe he would put him back, but he's still just unentertaining as fuck to me right now. Mm-hmm. He need he needs a he needs a faction like he needs they need to develop a Bullet Club faction for Finn. Like he was so good in the early New Japan days with Bullet Club, mm-hmm. where they were just came in and kicked ass and and you know that gang gang you know gang mentality gang style you know whatever well, the fuck you want to call it. Even in the NXT early days, he was fucking fantastic when he'd pull the demon out and shit. Yeah, like we need to see the uh, demon more often kind of thing. You know, personally, I would like to... I was kind of hoping that he would come back and have a good run against Bray as the demon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so the Fiend. The, de- the demon, yeah, demon versus... Demon Finn versus, versus the Fiend would have been, been fucking badass. Well, and I read this thing online that made a lot of sense and I was hoping they would do it, but it kind of appears that they either abandoned this idea or it was never really an idea. And it just seemed like it was going that way. Where like Finn or not Finn, but Bray was anybody who that he put the mandible claw on. He was actually doing a favor to He was healing them. Oh, okay. Okay. Cause that's how he became the beast himself and is becoming a more successful. It was like, you know, the hurt heel thing. He hurt, he hurts them, but then he heals them and he takes them back to where they were the most successful in their career because like they put, you know, Daniel Bryan cut his hair all off and he went to the red dragon kind of uh, days where he was really successful. American dragon, sorry. And then, uh, but Finn went back to NXT where he was most successful. And then, I can't remember who else he fucking got that he he feuded with Rand with Randy after that, didn't he? Or no, Randy was before that. I can't remember when Randy was. I don't remember when he had Randy. I didn't. I don't. I didn't think he had Randy Orton feud. But um, didn't, didn't they feud early on as, as when he was the fiend? I thought. Yeah. Now that I think about it, yeah, because he's he, yeah. Now that I think about it, because I remember him bringing up him burning down the house. But and then I, that was kind of my thinking. He might be doing the same thing with Cena. You know, I guess he could still be doing the same thing. Maybe he'll do the same thing with Braun. You know, right, but, right. But eventually, I was hoping to see. You know, since Finn was like the first guy I fucked with, seeing him come back and being like, "All right, motherfucker, well you saved me. Now you got to fucking fight on your hands. And now the demon's here. And right, fucking. You know, because fucking like Finn deserves to be a champion. Yeah, he, he was a champion. He still, he still, he still never lost the title. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he relinquished it because he got hurt. He still never lost the His title. His shit with Shinsuke he had so many good matches in NXT. Those are probably some of the heydays of NXT. Oh yeah, for sure. Was for with sure. Shinsuke and Oscar, and there were so many good matches then. And just a shame that they couldn't do anything or didn't do anything with him when he went up there. Same with Shinsuke. Shinsuke was one of my favorite NXT guys, right along with Finn. I mean, you know, actually, Shinsuke better than Finn when he came out, and they fucking have just missed. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. And then, uh, then we ended ended the night with 
uh, Velveteen Dream finally getting his match against Adam Cole, and Adam Cole picking up the victory to retain the NXT title. Who was that guy that came out to try to help him against the? Um, was it against the, was it Dexter Loomis again? I I, I yeah. Very very briefly read the notes to, or the notes I of the match. Dexter Loomis, the you know, blonde blonde hair with the like thousand yard stare mustache, fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. okay, yeah. Big, yeah, that's that's he from anywhere. He, he was he was a, a impact guy. He was at Impact for that long. Uh, he wrestled under the name of Shay Samuels or Sean okay. Samuels or something like that when he was at Impact. Okay. All right, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I was looking for more out of the Adam Cole Velveteen match, but I guess for just a TV taping with nobody there, it's probably the best outcome that they could have done. Mm-hmm. You know. Because I, I think that I think Adam Cole's time is coming to an end. I think he could be utilized on the main roster, especially now that they cut a bunch of people. Right. Adam Cole could do really well on the main roster if they don't give him the Shinsuke treatment. Which which the fact that he's had the belt in NXT for so long, I think and the fact that he's got a very Shawn Michaels style right. to him that, that Vince might be a Adam Cole guy. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, I can see that. when he goes over there. I, I mean, for whatever reason, some people just don't work there. And I, I kind of thought they'd bury AJ there, too. I'm surprised AJ did as well as he did there. Right. You know, um, so – but I think if AJ can do well there, Adam Cole can as well, and so can the whole faction. I think that they could really do something great with them. Um, I hope they do, you know. And I think the fact that they've made him so relevant in NXT for so long that if they – don't make them relevant when they go over there. They're gonna have a fucking probably a huge. I don't think there's any way in hell that Adam Cole's not gonna go over over there. Yeah, right. There's gonna be so many fans that love the fact that he's there that Vince won't be able to deny them a good run doing something. Yeah, I guess my only you know only quote unquote issue with with uh, the undisputed era is I wish they had. I wish they had one bruiser on the team. They have all technical wrestlers. You know, Adam Cole's the biggest dude at, at 210 pounds. I wish they had. I mean, I know that's what wow. I know that's what wrestling is. is I, thought, I think into. O'Reilly's got to, or Fish has got to be bigger. I just I just was looking up everybody's weights. Fish is is you know in on on paper is, is a buck 97. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly is 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 at exactly 200 pounds, and then Roderick Strong is exactly 200 pounds. Adam Cole they got listed that's at funny. 210. Like I wish they had one guy that they was like at least two forty, you know, in in the group. That's my that's yeah, my only sure. only you know beef with this group. I mean, they're 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 very 100%. very over as as a heel group, and they're very over as a cohesive group, and they're they're great technical wrestlers. They're great you know flyers mm-hmm. when they need to be flyers, and they're great at using you know the 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 the, the team the team tactics. But I just wish they had one bruiser. That is my only yeah. only gripe about that team. Well, another thing, too, is Adam Cole can talk. I don't think they let him talk as much as they should. I don't hear him cut good promos very often. You know, he's pretty quiet. Yeah, I mean, he, he's cut, uh, a, cut, a, you know, cut a couple of decent ones. And then, you know, during during this Velveteen chasing after chasing after Adam Cole, and, you know, Adam Cole ducking him because he's, he's staying away because of the pandemic. You know, he cut a couple couple promos from home that were, that were fairly entertaining. I didn't see him. Maybe I should watch him. But I've always liked the Velveteen Dream too. So like, um, um, I think they might be putting. They might. He might be the guy to take the belt off of Adam Cole. Um, but I don't think they're gonna do it during a pandemic. 
when there's nobody there at a fucking TV taping. Right. So best way it is to have Adam Cole cheat his way out of it like he does, and then they'll keep letting the stew simmer until maybe you know either a pay per view with nobody or a fucking uh until like this shit's over. Right. You know? Right. That another thing too is if they if they are planning to bring Adam Cole up, they need to wait until till there's, there's till people, there's people there. there. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to bring them into this bullshit because yeah, their fucking live tapings are terrible. That might be the one you know? the one downside with with Forgotten Sons them coming up over there on SmackDown is the fact mm-hmm. that that I was I'm very over on the but I'm but I'm over because there's two there's two Marines on on in that faction or whatever so I'm already like got a soft spot for them but uh yeah the fact that 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 nobody's there to like be like oh shit these guys are here kind of thing is you know that always sucks when you bring in bring in new talent even though it's just, you know, yeah. moving from one roster to the other, but it always kind of a bummer, bummer ordeal. You know, same, same sort of thing happened with, with Austin Theory and uh, nobody, literally, everybody was like, who the fuck is this guy? Huh. <laughs> they actually, when he went to NXT, they actually did a nice little video. They should have done the same fucking thing. When he, when he came you know, up like to Raw, talked yeah. About, uh, they fucking never do it. It's fucking dumb, dude. They barely do it anymore. They used to be great at right. it. You know, and when when or why they fucking stop doing great videos like that and great builds is beyond me. And then, it, like, it, you know, and it doesn't make any sense because like you do that because you're you know not all let's say not all your fans are watching NXT. You only watch you only watch Raw and you only watch SmackDown because NXT is you know the number three brand. So it's like sometimes they 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 won't do a, a a thing because oh you should already know who this guy is. But then they'll do something with the Viking Raiders and they'll change their fucking names and and you know tweak tweak the characters like. Like at the same time, thinking like, "Oh, what is, what are all our fans fucking stupid and they don't know who these guys are?" It's just like it it doesn't make any sense half the time when they when they do these sort of things. It's like this, if you you brought this character in as X Y Z character, unless you're completely reworking his fucking gimmick, leave him the fucking leave him the fuck alone from what he was when you first brought him into your company. Yeah, yeah. So. But yeah, anyways, I want to talk about that podcast yeah, Y2J yeah, yeah, sure. really quick. I'll make it super brief because um, I'm pretty excited about it. Um, first off, I think after after listening to it, the revival or the revolt. fucking uh, yeah, the fuck the revolt or FTW is what they're being known as now. Um, I think uh, after listening to them, I really love their whole. Uh, just their whole outlook on everything, you know, they're not completely shitting on the WWE. Uh-huh. Um, they're pretty grateful, you know, and they're, they're happy to be out of their contracts, you know, but the one thing that I really like about them is I don't think they're going to be exclusive to any company right out the gate. Okay. I do think they're going to have a feud with the box, but they are talking about going and trying to feud with the briscoe bros and the they're trying to they really want to go over to new japan they really want to be unexclusive for a while so they can go wrestle um, all these guys that they wanted to wrestle that they couldn't wrestle exactly and i think they would make some really great matches um especially with new japan i really think they'll do great in new japan see, and see i really would against, love to uh... see them Tamatanga and Tongaloa, I think that would be entertaining as shit. Yeah, I guess I guess Fit Finley's son's got a good team over yeah, there right now that they want to. Yeah, Fit or uh, David Finley and Juice Robinson. Yeah, yeah, they were talking about them a lot. Okay. Um, 
talking about doing some shit in Ring of Honor with the Briscoes, you know, okay. like, uh, and and that the cool thing about that is, and they also mentioned some Impact wrestlers too that I can't remember, but but the cool thing about that is, is if they have an open contract, they could bring a lot of fucking a lot of good things that a couple of promotions that could really use that kind of shit. Ring of Honor could use the Revolt right now really bad. Yeah, they, they definitely know? could. I mean, they they and the Briscoes could use a good feud right now. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's. Granted, they're, they're dealing with the, the pandemic just like everybody else's. But I mean, ever since, every, ever, ever since mean? everybody left to go to to uh, AEW, that that did hurt hurt Ring of Honor quite a bit. Quite yeah, a they've bit. got some good dudes still. I mean, they got Dalton Castle and they got Jay Lethal, who I guess you know is one of the greatest wrestlers out there for a while you know a lot of people considered him one of the best jay lethal yeah in, in ring yeah, uh, phenomenal and um so they've still got a few good guys but yeah that company was gutted um uh i really like matt taven too oh yeah quite a bit Taven's great. i i wish that there's some way that him and because him and dalton i guess are like legit best friends you know in the outside of the wrestling world i I would love if they they mm. would hook up and actually be a, a tag team of, of of some sort, you know, in their in their Ring of Honor run before, uh-huh. before their time is up, because they're because they're I don't know how much you've watched Dalton's uh, YouTube show, but they're they're pretty entertaining when they're together because they're always when they're always on the road yeah. doing shit, they're always together, you know, running around together. Yeah. Well, um, actually, funny story. Um, Besides, when we made a and... cameo, we made a cameo on Dalton's YouTube show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We should find that footage and try to steal it for the show. There you but, go. <laughs> um, so, remind me to come back to Taven and Dalton Castle okay. before we we set off here. But I want to keep focus on this um, this podcast. Yeah, yeah, sorry. But they um, they seem like just a couple really stand up guys, and they really take pride in tag team wrestling, and they stuck to their guns with WWE big time. They asked for their release and they were like, well, we're going to put the belts on you. And they're like, we don't give a fuck about the belts. We want you to make a fucking decent tag team fucking division in this fucking company. Like we'll go under. I'd the guy was one of the guys was like, I would rather lose all the fucking time. I would rather fucking lose every fucking day of my career here and put over a good tag division than have the fucking belts. Mm -hmm. The belts mean shit right now. Like, make a good division and they were like okay we will we'll make a good division we'll make a good division and they said all right well we'll stick around and see what happens and and then um eventually you know it just didn't okay, happen hey google apparently heard me talking or something <laughs> but anyways um they uh Sorry, i don't understand hey google stop yeah, I had I had my Alexa turn on one. Uh, I think it was our second or third episode. I can't remember what it was. We were talking about oh, really? we were talking about Alexa Bliss, and I said Alexa oh. something rather than mine turned off. And Melanie jumped out of bed and was went and ran over and unplugged her real quick. <laughs> That's funny. So now, now uh, we, we I make sure I unplug her unplug our Alexa every single time before uh, before we start the podcast. <laughs> That's funny. That's the first time I've ever had that happen at all, really. Because usually she gives you a warning that she's going to say something. She doesn't just answer your question. Right. 
but uh i thought it was really cool they stuck their guns and they didn't talk shit really you know they um they so they were like all right well they're gonna give them this fresh gimmick right and i guess it got leaked out did you see the leaks did you you have you seen the 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 pictures the oh man they're fucking no man it's fucking stupid it's like some neon i'll look at neon like neon rockers fucking look oh man it, it's yeah, fucking corny looking shit. yeah but here's the thing though it's it's coming back to it it's like um that got leaked and they also said it's not the boys leaking shit it's the fucking writers yeah yeah yeah, yeah. they're like they're like everybody thought we leaked that shit but we didn't have copies of that they don't give us copies of that i didn't it's the right i didn't see it get leaked till after they got released they're, after they they asked for their release and got granted their release, then it got it got leaked like two days later. Um, but yeah, they didn't have copies of it. Though. Okay, so it's the fucking. I guess like people were hitting them up asking them if they released it. Maybe is what what was going on. But they wanted to set the story straight. We're like, we didn't have that shit. They didn't give it to us because they re- they got released in that meeting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because they were like, we fucking hate this shit we will do it the best that we can, but we are done when our contracts are up. Like we'll finish our contracts out. But Vince was like, well, I guess if you guys are unhappy, you're unhappy and you guys want your release, maybe we'll just let you get your release and we won't even fuck with it. Right. But the, but they did come back around and they said, you know, to be, to be fair, they were like, we want to explain this gimmick because it's funny and it looks stupid and people are just seeing the fucking outfits and shit like that. And they're going, Oh my fucking God, what did they want to do? The revival. Cause like I guess they had like a flavor flavor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Like that. So they were talking about like maybe, um, so they were saying like part of the gimmick was, is that they were going to be doing it because they're like, Oh, Hey, you guys don't like real fucking tag teams. Like, fuck you. I guess we'll have to dress like a bunch of fucking morons to get your guys' attention. Have you, have you, like that have was you gonna... seen it? Huh, I haven't looked at it, but, but it was supposed to be so over the top. And that's why it was supposed to be like a stab at, at Vince McMahon. It was supposed to be like, they're acting ridiculous to get attention because um, if you can, they weren't getting it as a legit tag team. If you can look at it, I just sent it to you. I can't without completely shutting my okay, mic that's, off. That's fine. Well, it's, it's there when, when the podcast is over then. Okay, so I also... Um, there's another... I just got another wrestling report too. But anyway, so that's that's about it. You know, I mean, it was just a really good interview. I suggest you listen to it. Um, really made me like them a lot more and look forward to what they're going to do. Plus, they're very old school. Oh, know, yeah. Which I like. With the just fists, no flips, no frills. Yeah, just... Tag team wrestling. Uh-huh. But they can do them. In the independent days, he was saying that he did a lot of flips and shit oh, like really? that. I'm not sure if it was. I can't tell the difference. I don't know what the difference in their names are, you know. But... Yeah, which, which one is Dax and which one is Cash? Yeah, but I think the younger guy was the guy that was talking more, and he's the one that said that if you go look at my indie days, I can do flips. I just choose not to because I like the style of wrestling more. They're Bret Hart guys, you know. Like, uh, they're really big Bret Hart guys, which made me think of the time when um, the dude uppercutted that guy that attacked Bret Hart at the Hall of Fame was fucking awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, to go back to the Ring of Honor thing, um, uh, so those guys ended up going to the Tiger King fucking place, okay, yeah, I guess. In the, yeah. Yeah. 
and uh, they thought they were uh, spies for Carol Baskins, I guess. And they, when they went there to go see these tigers, they got razzed by Joe uh, Exotic because he was so fucking paranoid and fucking twacked out of their mind. These big wrestler guys came in. And uh, he thought, yeah, he thought they were spies for Carol Baskins. That's funny. And they had to had to talk their way out. They're like, dude, we're just here to see some fucking tigers, man. We're wrestlers. We're on the road. And we just saw your sign and thought, fuck, we'll come and check it out. But it was Jay Lethal, Dalton Castle, um, Matt Taven, and somebody else. I can't remember who it was. Okay. But yeah, the- but that's I just wanted to tell that story too because I read about that the other day. I was like, "What the <laughs> fuck? That's random." But anyways, is there anything else you want to add? Fuck, we went way too. No, long we we always go way too long. Um, no, I I think that's it. Like, yeah, just wanted to get the the couple little rumor things out there, and uh, and uh, yeah, other than that, um, money in the bank. This yeah, money, money in the bank this I'm, weekend. Hopefully, we'll have. But I'm actually. Kind oh, of go ahead. Forward. To be honest. Yeah. Just real quick. I, if if they do as well with the money in the bank as they did with the the boneyard match and and uh, with the funhouse match, I think it'll be pretty good. And I think they will. You know, I think they'll do fairly good with. Yeah, it. I mean, it's, it's definitely got uh, a weird dynamic about it with the. Uh, it definitely going, does. It's, there's a lot of wiggle room. Running run around in a corporate building. <laughs> Yeah, and then they put the ring on the top of the building, right. and you still got to get to the top. So there's a lot of wiggle room to do a lot of interesting shit and a lot of um, creative ways to get to the top of the building. You know, like fuck, maybe they could have fucking AJ Styles come out of a fucking helicopter and get the, you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> which I don't think they do that shit anymore. I mean, now that uh, with all with all fucking, uh, yeah, they don't really do any funny shit like that but i mean they could probably land a fucker on top of that building and have him fucking get out of right right who else maybe that'll be the shits like it'll just be like aj getting it in two minutes because he flies in on a helicopter and then everybody's right (laughs) he's got the or or he's just up there with the fucking briefcase when everybody shows up after beating the shit out of each other with a smile on his face or something you know i got but I think it's got a lot of opportunities for some potential and they've got some good people working on this kind of stuff. So I'm actually fairly excited to see what they do. Hopefully it's not a pile of shit. Um, but unfortunately I'm working that day and I'm not going to take it off. Last time I took off uh, for the fucking WrestleMania, I called in and I had to go get a doctor's note because they thought I had the fucking coronavirus right. as a whole right. ordeal. So <laughs> no more calling in for wrestling until fucking until this is over. Right. But Anyways, yeah, just be sure to like us on the Facebook and, uh, you know. Check us out on, on, on the Twitter. Check us out on, on YouTube. We had oh, yeah. Matt but, Mark's podcast yep, and all you, that fun stuff. And uh, You betcha. Yeah, week so, four. Any topics we can we can cover for you guys, let us know. So, Sarasota, Florida, come on in. You're going to be defending against the Dragon, Ricky Steen. But what's the cup for? WrestleMania 3, Pontiac, Michigan. Yeah, 90,000 plus people watching right there. And this is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat's cup of coffee in the big time. Yeah, cup of coffee in the big time because you'll never get closer than now. I am the Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion and I will remain the Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion. And George the Animal Steel on the outside will be no factor, yeah. 
You say no factor. Obviously, he is a factor, or you wouldn't even brought it up. Oh, wow. Mr. Sarcasm, yeah. I don't care if you got 23 wrestlers around the outside, and it doesn't even matter, no, because I am ready, and I will not let this opportunity slip through my fingers. Cup of coffee, man, yeah. Man. Wow, man.